welcome to Recommissioned, a bi-weekly podcast where we go back to watch Battlestar Galactica. Each week, I'm joined by my good pal Matt, who has only seen the episodes up to the one we're covering. Now, I've seen them all. And this week, we're talking about Season 3, Episodes 3 and 4, Exodus, Parts 1 and 2. This is the Admiral. You've heard the news. You know the mission. You should also know there's only one way that this mission ends. And that's with the successful rescue of our people. Off a new Caprica. Look around you. Take a good look at the men and women that stand next to you. Remember their faces. For one day you will tell your children and your grandchildren that you serve with such men and women as the universe has never seen. And together, you accomplish a feat that will be told and retold down through the ages. And find immortality as only the gods once knew. I'm proud to serve with you. Good hunting. Begin jump prep. Action stations. Deck condition one throughout the shift. Stand by for combat jump. Matthew, when we started this podcast, <laughs> I had, you could say, the dates circled as to when we would be covering this. Not really the dates, but I was prepared mentally to do this episode. I couldn't friggin' wait. And here we are. We've watched this two-parter together. Not together, but we've watched it. And now we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about parts one and two, like we have been doing. There's one episode, so it'll be a bit longer. Um, you guys have already heard, already heard the intro, so you are going to, we're going to have like that little quote break. So we'll have a quote, a quote from the second episode to break this episode in half. So you can use it as your little pause marker if you want to stop listening after Exodus 1 before you get to Exodus Part 2 or whatever. I don't know. Do whatever you guys want to do it. But that's the way it's going to be recorded. And uh, we're going to just keep doing that uh, the whole way through here. So back to my right. point. I've been yeah. waiting for a long time for this moment. I've told you how much I love Colonel Ty, and I didn't want to quite... I hope I hoped my enthusiasm for him was not spoiled by uh, the possibility of some crazy shit he was going to have to do or something he was going to have to endure, but here we are. Here we are. We're so here. we're here. So one of the things I want to do is I want to make sure we talk about this as two distinct parts. Um, I know that might be a little bit challenging, but I just want your overall impressions of Exodus 1. My overall impressions. Well, I can conservatively say this is among the two best episodes of television I have ever fucking watched. <laughs> <laughs> this was phenomenal. 
phenomenal. Um, and since we're not jumping, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go through it episode by episode. We're not gonna dive all the way into the the ending of like episode two or anything yet. Uh, but th- I'm pretty sure I, Battlestar Galactic's got me choked up before. Uh, this is the first time where it pulled some actual tears out of me for sure. And I'm not gonna tell you what part that was. But goddamn, there's this a couple episode, moments here. There's a couple that that were ooh vying for it, but only one truly got me. And I think you'll be you might be surprised, maybe not by what actually did it. But Jesus Christ! Well, dude, why not? This, why bury the lead? Yeah, just fucking dive into this. Just shit. just tell me where where to get you. Oh oh oh! What did it get me? Come on, two two words, Ellen Ty, dude. Heartbreaking. Jesus. Heartbroken, okay. dude. So I don't know if this is me getting older and softer, but I almost, like, I remember this. I remember who was in the room. I remember where I was sitting when I watched this moment of television. And it was, whew, boy. And I was like, wow, this is so crazy. That's how I was saying it. This is so crazy. This is so intense. Holy cow, wow. Like, that's what I was saying. And this time, sitting down here alone, dual monitors, I was like, this is hard to swallow. (laughs) (laughs) I can't swallow, man. Like, this is a tough watch because it is the ultimate tragedy, right? And then, of course, and, and this will be a teaser for the second part of this episode, but whenever he and Adama reunite, boy. Oh, oh, man. So a lot to talk about there. Uh, there's a lot to talk so about. Much. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get I just wanted to get that and get to where she was, and uh, we'll we'll dive in here. We'll dive right into. Let's go, man. Let's get it. Let's yeah. Let's fucking get in it. Ah, oh, I'm so pumped for this. <laughs> now I just want to say, all of the listeners, this is being recorded on January eighth, two thousand and nineteen. I also want to say that I am into the fifth season of Breaking Bad. Yes, sir. I have never watched a show so fast in my whole life. <laughs> and why, why am I talking about this? Well, I'm talking about this because I can, with confidence, say I don't think there's a better show written than Breaking Bad. It's pretty solid. Is it my favorite? I don't know, but I'm riding really high on it right now. And there are so many wonderful moments in that show because so many things happen. Right. Oh, yeah, constantly. And I, when I watched this Exodus one and two, I thought that is top tier stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Battlestar Galactica doesn't always have top tier top tier stuff. Um, we've talked about that. Uh, right. I think I think that's probably because a lot of storytellers were involved, even though there was a series bible and there was a writer strike and people had their own ideas and you know. Versus the single-mindedness of Breaking Bad, which is, I think, probably what makes it so so wonderful all the time. Right. Um, whereas Battlestar Galactica has moments of amazingness. And just generally speaking, it's a genre I love. And this moment is as good as many moments I've seen in this show, this stuff with Ty. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. Uh, oof. God, I'm still, I'm like still <coughs> wrestling with, with some moments from this. Like I, ah, uh, I, I've had time to process it, but I, it, thinking about it afresh and new and scanning through it again. Today, sure. I was like, fuck, I'm still just, oh, my feelings. I have so many feelings about it all. 
Fuck, man. But no, yeah. spe- speaking to, you know, we've talked about this brief before. I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but, you know, Breaking Bad was one of those shows where I just randomly caught the very first episode when it premiered and watched it all the way through then, you know, with a year break between every season. And I still remember even watching that show of like this, like I knew by like season two, I was like, this is unlike anything else I've ever seen. And a step up for television as a fucking art form. I was like, this is mm-hmm. incredible, incredible. Um, and now we, we get the switcheroo where, you know, I'd seen breaking bad first and now you're finally catching up it. But as we've, as every listener of this podcast knows, I'm now getting to catch up on Battlestar, and I'm realizing that I missed one of television's earlier zeitgeist moments. Sure. I mean, this is fucking, like you said, it's top tier. This is, but I would say my singular, the singular thing about these two episodes that impresses me the most, and we've talked about this some before, but it, it, it is damn near flawless here, is the balance that this show can strike of military operations balanced with genuinely earned deep character moments and and all of it happening at once. This show can have six fucking storylines converging at the same time and they are all equally as interesting, compelling. I'm concerned for literally every fucking character, even characters, you know, the character pointing a gun at somebody, I I'm worried about both of them. The person who's having the gun pointed at them and the person Correct. pointing. Like <laughs> I care about Everyone involved. There's no character I'm rooting against other than just like the absolute worst of the Cylon skin jobs, obviously. But I am I am so thoroughly and equally invested in every character, and there are really not many shows I can say that about. Period. Um, that 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 everything that we've been given for every character. I mean, I used. To, I mean, hell, we already talked about how Ellen Ty, her death in this show in these episodes made me fucking cry. And I think we all remember my impressions of Ellen Ty early on. Like, I never thought I was going to be shedding literal tears for Ellen Ty. And this show has, has been able to do that, has been able to fill that character with a believable motivation and, and, and emotions. And I'm just completely invested in all of it, all around. Every, this, this, both of these episodes have me on the edge of my seat. The, the special effects in the big battle scenes are as equally as good as the quiet, intimate moments that are scattered throughout. Like, it is, oh, dude, I'm, I'm still riding high off these, big time. Yeah, it's, this is, this is um, apex storytelling as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, you know, it is very much earned, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. If you were to have a, a kind of cheesy Spielbergian moment, earn this, this, earn is, this. this is it right here. You've, you've earned this moment, You've earned these moments. And I'll tell you, here's a perspective that is interesting. I couldn't have told you Exodus 1 and 2 was the third and fourth episodes of season three until we started getting to the end of season two and I started to look ahead. Mm. And that means something. Number one, I have a little bit of disappointment. (laughs) Okay. But, But here's my disappointment. I thought that they were on Caprica for way longer, which is a testament to how good the show was on my first viewing. It felt so full and so fleshed out and like they've been there forever and that you feel the weight of it. You feel the stress of it. You feel it tearing them all apart or just slowly boiling, boiling them away to nothingness. Right? Right. That that you feel in only four episodes. Four. It's incredible. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, 
like it's a feat. Like I mean, we are in episode. We now finished episode four of this season, and it felt it has been so packed full that it feels like I've watched a season of television. Right. <laughs> like, I'm still like, oh my god, there's more. Like this season is still like we got a lot more in this season, and I'm like, yeah. oh my god, there's just it's so rich, and and there's never. Yeah, I, well, I can't say never, but for this show, it's incredibly rare, uh, an episode that feels like filler or a storyline that feels like a filler storyline. The only example that even jumps to mind, which I still overall enjoyed the episode, was that one we talked about. It's the one we both kind of dogged on where it was the documentary about the Galactica crew that was made by, um, you know, Xena Warrior Princesses Cylon. Uh, yeah, yeah. That episode three, little... as she's known, or Deanna. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I think it's actually pronounced three. Three. Sorry, yeah. I say we say it in South Africa. Uh, <laughs> but no, like, uh, that's the only dip I even jumps into mind as far as a full episode of being like, eh, this feels a little, do we, is it really essential? Um, but that, I would say that actually is the, the strong suit of the show is everything always feels essential and, and like it's fucking going somewhere. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of talk in the chat about, wow, it was only four, felt like a whole season. Like you just said, how long were they on New Caprica? Scott Cummings, I know, was longer on New Caprica, longer than the time they were. Yeah, it was. It was um, It was a skip ahead between seasons. Um, right. And, it, and it, you can say we're skipping ahead, but how, how is the viewer going to feel? That really puts the onus on you guys. And it was over a year. And uh, and they managed to convey that feeling of oppression in a short period of time. Um, and yeah, man, it was, there's two things going on here. You know, on the one hand, I say, wow, the best, some of the best stuff in Battlestar Galactica, as far as I am concerned, happen here. That's not to say you don't have a lot to look forward to. But I, but this is the apex to me for for sure. This is this is some of the best stuff to me. And when I think back on it, only being four episodes, I'm forced to go, "Wow!" It's almost like in in in. I don't mean this the way it's going to come out, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's almost like you look back on a particular team or a sports player in a particular era, and you go, "Wow!" They only had one championship, but it seemed like they dominated for so long. You know what I mean? Right, right. Totally. And I don't mean that as a knock because I also feel like Battlestar Galactica was ahead of its time. Okay, so this was 2004. This this show was done several years before Breaking Bad was even a thing. And then they kicked it into overdrive. And then, it, you know, it's like the, the bar is going up and up and up. And, and you know, this, this was and has been, we've talked about, We've regaled the listeners, Matthew, <laughs> with our love of Battlestar Galactica and what it has done for the science fiction genre. And, and you know, it made that network something as far as I was concerned because I didn't have a reason to watch it otherwise. And it is, and this is a moment that has just been so well earned and just so well done. And it feels like they cared deeply, everyone, the cast, the crew, to, to pull this thing off. And you didn't always feel that, did you? With like Black Market, for example. Right, right. You felt like they're all on board. This matters. This is a major part of the through line. This is a huge, a huge polarity shift from being the intrepid crew on a daring escape from the Cylons on the CIC, which has shades of every other science fiction space show, which is, yep, we got a bridge crew. How do they interact? 
oh, one guy's going to be insubordinate. That's, oh, he's going to relieve somebody. He's going to, all of the military sci-fi Navy tropes exists in Battlestar Galactica for better or for worse. Um, but the difference is in how these characters have been developed. And, and, I, and I really want to hats off to the cast, everybody, because the performances are just so good that they make you believe in these moments that they really are fighting for something important here. Everyone's bought in. I feel like I'm watching everything being bought in. They didn't try to overwhelm us with a special effects in an epic battle. They didn't need to. It was, yeah. it was present. And, and, and hats off to Bear McCreary in this two-parter, very specifically on the second parter, which we'll get to. But, but this is a, we're firing on all cylinders. This is a special moment in the history of this television show. And, and I think when people go back and they rewatch Battlestar Galactica and they write paper on it and they do what they're going to do, they're going to go, wow, this, this is something. Just like we're doing right now, I mean, over 10 years later. It's true. It, it hasn't it been time, a f- correct. Correct. That's a more succinct way to say it. It stands the test of time. And boy, oh, does it deliver. And it, and it, and it, so many things. And so many things. Let's dive into Tie at the Tent. Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Already, like, two minutes into the episode, I already have another new favorite line from Ty. Start thinking clear or else she's dead. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's my tie. Yep. That's my boy. God. This, damn. this, there is kind of a, this is something the show did. It was kind of neat. It, it sort of recapped Precipice and then it showed Callie's perspective of her running in the woods. And then it was said one hour earlier and it went to tie in the tent basically. So this is the, the lead up to the, to the big rebellion escape, the insurrection, I suppose you could say. Right, and the, the cliffhanger of last episode that Rosalind, Zarek, all these people dragged in front of, you know, a centurion death squad to be dumped into a pit, basically, uh, was the plan. But now we find out with one hour earlier that that basically the insurgents have figured out that people are being pulled out there to be executed. Uh, Chief got his, you know, hands on the list. Perfect. All right, so this stuff, Ellen, can I help you? Here we go. Ty, thanks. Ellen, sorry. Ty, that's all right. It doesn't hurt. I appreciate you doing this. I can't seem to get it right in the mirror. And, and Ellen says, Saul, I want you to know I would do anything for you. Oh, and she fucking means it, man. She means it. She does. She does. And uh, that is what a, what a haunting open. God, it's so true. Right? Ugh. This guy... If we just examine the scene for a minute, this guy's wife is putting a fucking bandage over his eye socket where he lost his eye to torture. And had she not done what she did, may have lost more, may have lost everything. And the real tragedy here is everybody doing what is in their nature to do. Absolutely. Right? And that's... I understand why Ty eventually does what he does with her. I understand why she did what she did to to spring him. She means it, and that's something. She means what she says, and and you know this. The beginnings here. It's just leading us to what the ultimate sacrifice, I guess you could say, right? 
Pretty much, yeah. But before we get too pulled off in the weeds on that, because we're not even at Ellen's death yet, is let's talk about Chief. Yeah. Chief and his his new headspace. Uh, I mean, you can just, you can see, and I love how, I mean, to be honest, that's, that's exactly what Ty identifies in him right here, is that he is panicking and emotional in the way of somebody who is, not scared for you know their brothers in arms, but literally his wife and child, and like this is this is very emotional for him, uh, and this is a new this is a new emotional challenge for for the chief at this point, and Ty that's why he's jumps on him there is like you got to get your head clear, you got to think tactically or else it's fucking useless. Like I know this is your your wife's life on the line, and that's major and terrifying, but you got to get your head in the game if you want to save her. The 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 beauty of this setup is something to behold and that's ty matter of factly telling him how to deal with the possible death of his wife right right if we break down just the context just the setup here forget what's said it's essentially ty making sure chief understands to get his fucking head together exactly about this which is exactly what Ty does. Ty later does exactly what he practices what he preaches, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, and it's so intense. But Chief is, and this is also awesome. We've seen the Chief get emotional about things, okay? Oh, yeah. We also know the Chief is a good leader. He is he is a mama bear, okay? Totally. And sometimes that gets him in trouble. But I can see where the experience between the two men differ very greatly. The chief is a deckhand. He's not a combat veteran. I mean, he is at this point, but not like Ty is. And Ty saying, listen, get it together and let's talk about how we're going to handle this with the facts. Like he's been doing the whole time, like he did with Roslyn when Roslyn got uppity with him. He's been doing it this whole, this whole four, these four episodes are the Colonel Ty show as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> he is a fucking boss in these, man. Yep. So Chief says he got it from the dead drop. He talks about Callie's name being on this list. We see Ellen very distinctly watching all of this. Oh, yeah. Ty says, look, they got this organized by transport vehicles. Callie's in the group heading for map coordinates X-ray 7. He's freaking out, and he says, calm down, damn it. And he tells him, you've already know how to do their coordinate system. We've already cracked this, Okay. Start mm-hmm. thinking clearly before she's dead. So good, dude. And even, I mean, uh, and even in this moment where he's like, find that list, Chief, and Chief starts going out and he's like, Chief, remember, keep your head on straight. You know, or you're, that's not going to do her any good if you get caught trying to go help her. And also, you don't want me and Ellen as your, as your kid's parents. <laughs> keep that shit in mind, boy. That's classic Ty uh, sort of take the edge off hell in the way he knows how to. Fucking bad old bastard. God, I love him. Yep. Yep. Good stuff. So, um, we find out that, uh, dude, Hey, quit real quick. Elzar just said something great in the chat. How far we've come from the tie who couldn't make the call about the fire. Who was, who was hesitating and and, and upset about that. This is no, 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 no. You mean Tyrell. Oh, Tyrell. Ty made the call. That is true. Ty ended up making the call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, still like all of them, just have this seeing, you know, I think what actually the new Caprica has done as far as the timeline change and the new pressures on our characters has, and we talked about this, I think in the last episode or the one before 
about the new dynamics it's had to introduce. And these are just completely new environments, new challenges. They're, They're under a whole different kind of pressure from the Cylons. And we see characters going different directions. But for one, especially with people like uh, uh, Ty and Chief, that we've just watched their resolve harden. Like to know – like it's like you actually get to see their – them not – when I say character, I don't mean like as a TV character. But like their character expand to the situation and see who cracks, see who doesn't. And just watching Ty maintain absolute – discipline and resolve and focus in the face of all of this is just so badass. Right. It's good stuff, man. Um, and the other thing about that too is we see that their guiding principles, their strength of character shines through in this environment just like it did in the other one. It's almost like that they can laterally apply their training to a different situation and persevere. Exactly. And that that is such a military thing. That's that's in in fiction. It's such a Star Trek thing, right? <laughs> it doesn't matter if Picard's on the bridge or if he's down on Riza wearing underwear. He's still going to have his command presence and principles, right? That's that's something this show does too. Like they they in other words, they establish their characters the way they are with all of their dimensions, and they maintain those characters in various places to show how they can overcome by just maintaining the truth to themselves, so to speak. There we go. Good shit. So we learn about a place called, uh, what is it again? Pergamus Flats, right? (laughs) The old, our old execution ground. Yeesh. Um, Yep. Uh, Because he figures it out post-credits, right? Um, And Selig says, hey, Chief, good day for a walk, huh? And Chief says, get your men together. We're going to Pergamus Flats. And they watch the the transports roll out. Hell yeah. One of the things I I love about this episode too is that by introducing it with one hour earlier, that's another thing that consistently impresses me about the show is making good use of of time and those time beats. Because I feel like it's a common thing for shows to just do – Oh my gosh, look at this situation. <gasps> now, one hour earlier, how did we get there? And uh, it's like, it's usually like a cheap trick mm-hmm. of like, oh, let's build the tension. But with this, we already know from the previous episode that this has happened, that people were getting hauled off, being ready to execute. We already heard the gunshots go off in the previous episode. Yep. And it reminds us this is where we're at. And so now, when we cut back to one hour earlier and the chief is just now finding it out, we automatically understand there is a time clock on That's this. That's right. We have an hour, and that just adds an underlying layer of urgency to everything that is fantastic. Yep. We re-see um, Sharon talking to um, the Marine. He, she calls her gunny, so she must be a gunnery sergeant. And uh, the Marine says, look, I don't like it. Too much cover along this trail. We could catch enfilade fire from here, from there. You know, it's no good. Mm-hmm. So, the, so they move out. They run into Sharon and Anders. Uh, Sharon and Anders run into each other again, which we'd seen, right? They embrace right. Um, Sharon. Hey, Sam, it's been a while. Funny, I feel like it's you every day. We've talked about that in the last step. But um, <laughs> at Pergamus Flats, we see the detainee transports. Indeed. And Chief says, trucks, move down to the ridge, move down to the ridge. Crispin, I guess that's the guy's name. And he says, that's it, lock and load. And they're awesome. they're getting ready, right? So good. Although I did have one moment of like, ah, Chief, that like MP5 looking gun's not going to do you much good from over here. Yeah, <laughs> that's need something heavier. I'll, I'll be honest with you. If 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 I could, if I could wave a magic hand, I would definitely upgrade the weaponry chosen in the show. 
<laughs> right. And, I, and I'll, I'll still. I understand I the it, guerrilla warfare aspect exactly. of having what you have. I, I get that for sure. But so, there are times where it seems like almost inconsistent. Yeah. Like you have Every a pistol now. now, but you had a submachine gun then. Well, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> like I get, I get, but I do get the improvised weaponry insurgents of it all, as it were. Totally. Grab what you can get and use it. So um, we, see the, we see them lined up. We see the chief getting his men into position. Um, meanwhile, I believe we also see Sharon getting into position. Indeed. But we have, um, he sees Callie, doesn't he, through the binoculars, and he sees her run. Yeah, and but the, and the problem with her running is that as she's running towards him, she's directly in their line of fire for the Centurion like executioners. Right. And so th- there's also this moment where Chief has to be like, all right, I'm going to have to fucking run out there. Right, because he's partnered up with, I believe her name is Celix, S-E-E-L-I-X, and she's, uh, she's going to offer some some fire to help get them out of there. And um, she does. And then we cut back to Anders and his crew and all hell starts kind of breaking loose here. Oh, absolutely. And hey, another uh, bones to fucking Sharon who was like, wait a minute. Did everybody hear that? Like she, she was catching on a lot faster. Uh, And I love the moment when, you know, we saw part of this in the last episode where they, they get ambushed. Some of their, some of their red shirts go down uh, and they get back over to the tree line. They're taking cover. And eventually Anders is like, well, fuck this. We're pinned down. We got to just get out of here. And she's like, no, no, no. Hold on. Trust me. And they have their own little embedded uh, squad of Marines with their fucking shoulder fired rockets and Mm -hmm. just take those Centurions out. Ah, it's glorious. Yeah, it's nice. Um, Something's amiss here though. There is clearly, they've clearly prepared themselves. They were tipped off. This becomes oh, apparent. Um, they definitely lost some people. They're evaluating their losses. And that's when I believe his name is Crispin. Um, I don't know if that's a joke because he's got like a Crispin Glover look. <laughs> Crispin Glovery about him? <laughs> he's, he's got a Crispinish uh, way about him. But <laughs> a he, slender, angular man. He unfolds the. Uh, Ty's artwork here, and he's like, fuck. Mm-hmm. And he immediately shows it to Anders as the um, gunnery sergeant is saying they were waiting for us, no no question. Yeah, exactly. It's actually Anders' artwork, not Ty's. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep, they had it. And, then, and that's like, that was the, uh, the, the list that they had handed off to Ellen. Yeah, like, physically in person. It's not like they could have gotten a copy or intercepted it. It's like that's the only list I made, and I handed it to her. Correct. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Isn't that your handwriting? Damn right it is. Damn we were right. sold out, Ellen. <laughs> he just says it. Fuck. Um, we looking good. We move right into the flats where Rosalind had, you know, pushed Tom and herself down into the bluff, which is cool. Right, right. And Throwing there's some, there. you know, there's there's war makes for strange bedfellows, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Good, no, good chemistry another, here. Absolutely, dude. I am, I am savoring this new Zarek and, and Roslyn energy. I love it. Yeah. You know, They're it's... Finally it, respecting one another. It, it's funny because it, it's one of those things where you're always like, God, if they would only work together. If they would only know, work right? together, like you know, both and then capable and smart, like, and then when you realize everyone's working together to get out of this, 
Exactly. And that's why that's why Zarek's finally he's got a little bit of the patriotism about him, at least for the human race. Yeah. But um all this stuff is great. They um you know, he's like, It's been a while since a woman threw me to the ground, not quite as fun as I remember. <laughs> 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 and Celix is getting all nasty. She's like, Hurts, doesn't it? To Cavill. I hope it hurts for a long time until you go to download city. Uh, just letting Cavill die. I fucking love that. It's awesome. <laughs> like that's awesome. At the end of the day, that's all you get with the Cylons is, right. is pain. You, like Killing them is almost meaningless. It's like, well, right, fuck right. it. Let this fucker suffer for a while, if nothing else. Fuck him. <laughs> He's a <laughs> bastard. But um, Chief says, look, you guys are all right. And Rosalind's happy to see him. That's the, it's almost like that's the teaser to the, to the wonderful moments and reunions coming, right? Because it feels good, but it's not overwhelming. When she looks right. up at him and her reaction, she's like, oh my God, it's you, Chief, right? <laughs> exactly. And dude, I loved, I, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, I know some of these guys are not, you know, they're not all villains, obviously, but seeing some of them human collaborators go down in the fire, yeah. like, ah, that's what you get. That's what you get, you collaborating scum. Did you see Jammer pull off his mask? Fuck yeah, dude. That's a risky move, Cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he was like, you know what he was thinking of. Like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm not, I I give, I'm not them. (laughs) Oh, shit. He's still wearing his murder vest, though. Oh, absolutely. Covered in baby blood. Yeah. (laughs) Guess so. Fucking bastard. But, um, Chief says, look, we're going home. Adama's on his way. Ah, uh, that is boner city Dude. fucking moment. What happens now? Where do we go from here? We're going home. Adama is on his fucking way. God damn, yes. And like <laughs> one of the very few times where you, even Zarek is like, oh, I'm actually glad to hear Adama's coming back. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. Like everybody. How could you not be? Sure. Uh, so let's talk about Three's sweaty dream. Dude. Cylon dreams. Mm. Cylon prophetic dreams. Is this a dream? Is this our first dream situation? I don't recall. From the Cylons? Yeah. I think so. Unless we've seen... I'm trying to think know, if Boomer had any dreams. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah. Like if Sharon had any... I'm not... T- she had visions, but I think it was it was like flashbacks from shit she did while she was a Cylon <laughs> operative. Um, I'm not sure if it was ever a real full-blown, I'm in my bed having sweaty dreams. <laughs> right, right. It's the first one I can think of. Yeah. And, um, boy, yeah, like you said, a prophetic dream come to find out. Indeed, man. I did not expect that. I Honestly, when I, first viewing, I was like, oh, she's maybe experiencing some guilt about the human situation and how, they've, uh, how they're treating them. I was like, is that what we're seeing? A little bit of remorse here? And then I was like, oh, no, she just had a vision for her own ends. <laughs> Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, pretty cool. But yeah, she wakes up kind of huffing and puffing. She sees Hera on the ground with like a caterpillar on her face or something. Yeah. Sees herself picking Hera up. And um, sees the, I guess you'd say, um, little fetishes hanging out there of, uh, of what will confirm she's at the right tent later. Yeah. Mm. It's like weird totem pole things. Mm. <laughs> so we go to Caprica 6 in Baltar and bed on Colonial 1. Oh, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Having a little bit of a rocky times in the relationship. <laughs> Tough go. Tough, Tough go, considering go. the stress he is under, and they are under. Oh, God. 
Poor fucking Baltar, man. <laughs> oh, man. And that's – God, and we've we talked about this some, but like I still – even by the, you know, the end of the second episode, I have – so much sympathy for Baltar because at this point, you know, he'd always been looked at with suspicion among among a lot of, you know, the Galactica crew and Adama and Roslyn, all of them. And and some of them outright disliked him even before New Caprica and him becoming president. Um, but now he is full-blown seen as a pestering annoyance by the Cylons and half the Cylons just want to fucking execute him. Mm-hmm. And basically all of humanity sees him as the, you know, the puppet king villain to just be killed as soon as they get the chance. Like, he's hated by everyone. <laughs> like, Caprica 6 is his only pal in the world. Say, he's hated by <laughs> everyone except the hottest person in, on the planet. That's a pretty so, good, it's a pretty so good consolation. Poor guys. him. No, I'm kidding. Ah, but, um, <laughs> Uh, oh, Caprica Six! Can I have another? Can I have another sympathy blowjob? I like, I like when he just says he's like, he's like, I was having the most fascinating chat with one of the Dorals. He's got this theory about sanitation being the key to regaining human trust and confidence. Something about toilet paper. No, no, the lack of toilet paper. That's it. If people could only wipe their bums properly, there'd be a measurable uptick in the polls. <laughs> I love how sorry he doesn't he doesn't throw any shade oh, at man. that whole idea, but the way he lays it out is like the way it's like making fun of, you know, I don't know, a fax machine's idea of how to fix Congress. Like what a dumb robotic idea to think would fix a human issue <laughs> or like change our moods. And he's just like, wow, it's like at this point I'm just fascinated by you fucking silence. <laughs> yeah, like, wow. yeah. Yeah. Wow. You guys are where everyone's fucked. Everything's fucked. Like this is the most full blown. This is like fourteen year old teen angst. I'm deep into reading Nietzsche nihilism <laughs> that we have from guys at this point. He's just like, and fuck it. <laughs> I'm so everyone. Hates I take me. deep. First of all, if you know a fourteen year old that can read Nietzsche, send him my way. Oh, by the oh, they read it. They don't really fully <laughs> take it in. They just take in the yeah, the dark shit. Uh, yeah, okay. God's dead. <laughs> you know that shit. You are uh, describing his mood. No, I get you. Have you ever seen a fish called Wanda? Dude, I still haven't seen that movie. Uh, I know dude, you love it's, it. it's so good. There's just there's just this great moment between Jamie Lee Curtis and Kevin Klein, and they're both brilliant in that movie. And, you know, he's like a, a he's like a pretend intellectual. He pretends to be smarter than he is, and he's she's like she calls him an ape, and he's like apes don't read philosophy. And she goes, yes, they do, Otto. They just don't understand it. It's like the perfect <laughs> summation of like his character. And, and, and when you said that, like, you know, fortunately, Nietzsche is hilarious to me. But that, that's what I thought. Like, in the way you said that, you know, just, just reminded me of that movie. I love that fucking movie. <laughs> I do need to watch it. Anyway, um, yeah, he, they really dog on the British and that. It's really funny. Um, and the Americans. That's just so good about it. But, um, yeah, Caprica Six is is sort of just saying, listen, you are slipping into the well of right. hatred and self-loathing. Right. Right? It's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm, I'm giving exa- up for you? I, I'm not exactly horny for you right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, exactly what I've given up. Do you know with... What with the occupation and everything, Baltar retorts, I can't really say I've given it that much thought recently. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he also has He's a trying point. to push her away. He's trying to push her away. But, but he's being a douche to her, right? He's like, I haven't thought about your problems because I've thought of my own. And then he's like, don't go, please. And of course, she comes back and they have a drink. Right. Right. 
He's, he's at rock bottom and he's acting like he wants no one, but he still wants her, even if he can't say it outright. Of course. Um, let's go to the, let's go to old mine frack city <laughs> and talk Kara. Mine frack city. Not to be confused with the Detroit rock city. I can't talk tonight. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dude, this is, uh, what on earth? Knowing the way this thing turns out, too, going in, oh having watched the God. double. But Starbuck is making a connection with Casey. And Leoban yeah. enters, and he just kind of silently watches. Oh, man. Oh, it's so brutal. Brutal. And, like, even, even at, like, the show took the words out of my mouth uh, at one point, which is, was really funny, where, you know, as she's talking to her, and she's like, you know, grownups do stupid things sometimes and, you know, go too far until it's almost too, too, you know, too lost. And, and the little girl's just looking up at her, and I'm like, yeah, she definitely, I'm like, you're so not used to talking to kids. Like, this kid has no idea what you're saying. And she's like, you have no idea what I'm saying to you. Either. I'm like, ah, you're fucking adorable, Kara. Like, ah, she's trying so hard. Yeah. Ah, yeah. man. Back at New Caprica City, we have three going for a stroll. And she runs into a woman named Dodana. <laughs> this, and, by this, the way, come end of of these two episodes, I'm about ready for this bitch to be considered a collaborator and fucking knelt against the wall. I'm like, why are you giving prophecies <laughs> to the damn Cylons? Keep your mouth shut. I don't care if you know exactly what this Cylon bitch is talking about and you know the dream she had. You just go, eh, I don't know. I haven't had any fucking visions like that. You just shrug it off. Why are you giving them shit? Ah, made she, me mad. She uh, she serves a higher purpose, Matthew. She does not get involved in the affairs of Cylons and men. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's cute. That'll that'll taste real good when that lead's going through the back of your head. <laughs> that's not going to stop the firing squad, ma'am. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> Fucking collaborating ass bitch. <laughs> she is responsible for uh, a, a very a, a line of, of, of film dialogue that rings in everyone's ears, and it's this. Any of you pricks, move, and I'll execute every last motherfucking one of you. That's the bitch from uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh, yeah. That gets in the diner with uh, Tim Roth there at the end. That's uh, Honey so Bunny good. or whatever the fuck her name yeah. is. Honey Bunny. <laughs> oh, shit. But, um, yeah. So what's this conversation about? She plays uh, well, it well, by the way, this, this actress. Oh, oh I mean, yeah, she's great. She's no Kate yeah. Vernon. But she'll be all right. <laughs> nah, she's fucking solid though. Yeah, but no, I love how it, it immediately comes up with this the conflict of monotheism versus the polytheists again. Where she's like, Ah, you know, I knew you were coming here. Zeus is showing to me, and she's like, There is no Zeus. You know, there is only yeah, the one casually. true god. Yeah, yeah. and then yeah. and I love how she calls her out on it. Like, you don't know what you believe at all. Like, hey, you're here. You're here. You're here on my religious camp. I'm a fucking human prophet who's a polytheist, and yet here you are talking. Yeah, to me. Amanda Plummer's her name, by the way. Sorry, so to you give her due respect as a film actress with many credits to her name. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'm actually when I when I saw that name on the credits pop up, I was like Amanda Palmer, and then I was like, oh no, Amanda Palmer. <laughs> okay, <laughs> for like a split second, I was like, is Amanda Palmer in this episode? Huh? What? <laughs> huh? But, oh, never mind. <laughs> Not so much. Not so much. But um, yeah. The this is this is this is good stuff. I she just plays it well. The, we'll call her the Oracle. It's easier. And um, yeah, I like your observation there about you don't know what you believe. She says it to her quite explicitly. 
Right. And I mean, she says it as it's your dream that brought you to me. So essentially being like, if you're so sure of your faith in this one singular God, by the way, bitch, you're at the Oracle of Delphi. I'm a polytheist. Like you don't know what you believe. You're here. So that's already like your faith, whatever faith you think you have is not as solid as you may think. Yeah. So about the collaboration piece, like let's let's just for fun say the oracles in 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 our minds collaborating because of our interference in their affairs. <laughs> um, what do you think of this stuff with the oracle? What do you think of the idea? Uh, we haven't talked about prophetic things in a long time in this show. It's true. It is true. We kind of fell in off of that. The show. I mean, the show in a way has drifted a little bit away from it, but it's always there. Right. It drifted a little bit away. Especially once we were like, "Oh, Roslyn's fine, blah blah blah." Right? Um, right? Maybe maybe the prophecies aren't so literal. Um, but but now we have a situation where she's like, "You're," I mean, yes. Could this be coincidental? Sure. sure. She says, yeah. "Well, because because the oracle says I have a message to you from the one you worship." Ooh. What does that mean? That is he speaks shit. through me to you, just as he speaks in your dreams. The message is, the fruit born of two peoples is alive. A child named after the wife and sister of the all-knowing Zeus, Hera, lives. Mm-hmm. Now, that message could simply just be information that she's gathered by way of a very uh, detailed spy network that caught wind of Maya and Hera. We don't know. She could be a charlatan. We don't know. Totally. Yeah. And maybe, but, but then it becomes a question of why say, why at that point, why say anything, right? Why, why give that Again, information? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. And what it, what it says to me on a bigger, like broader show wide level uh, drives home for me the importance of, because I'll admit like up until this point, I've essentially even, and I think like a lot of characters on the show, seen the human Cylon hybrid baby as something that's very, very, very important, probably in a religious sense, to the Cylons, but to the human beings, essentially just a a weird new thing, some liability. Whereas now, after this conversation, after the fact that, like, almost their own faiths, their religions are, like, crossing paths here and intersecting, I'm starting to think that, shit, this might actually be really important the baby itself, the hybrid, might be very important to humanity as well. Like it might – it's seen at this point as this like possible deadly weapon or new development for the Cylons. It's always like for their camp. But it starts to make me wonder about like what is its meaning for possibly ending the conflict altogether. Mm. Um, that's something that I feel like this scene tantalized for me. And I'm, I'm wondering – the the role that that baby will have by the end of the series like the, it seems to me the way it's introduced the way it is almost one of the definitive through lines of these two episodes and and how Rosalind speaks so importantly of it and how it all ends up makes me think that it's going to have serious implications for the end of the series um which has has perked my ears up i don't really know what 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 more to say beyond that like i really have no guesses as to far as it, what this baby really means or what it what it could provide as far as new knowledge, but it seems more important than I gave you credit for, even at this point. I just thought, I'm like, ah, this is something the Cylons want. So obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, keep it away from them, but whatever. But no, I think there's a lot more here. There you go. Yorko says, you will hold her in your arms and you'll know for the first time what it is to feel true love, but you'll also lose everything you've done here. 
Oh. And that's, hey, we see that again. Uh, when she's walking away with that baby, hmm. New Caprica's pretty done. <laughs> it's, 100%. Uh, pretty it's, fucking done. it's pretty exact. Pretty well done, I would say. As these things go. Uh, back on the Galactica, Hilo says to the crew, let's move. We got some people waiting on the uh, wait for their ride down there. And uh, he looks at Dean and he says, um, well, you quit looking at me like that. <laughs> like we're never going to see each other again. <laughs> right, right. Ah, <laughs> oh, so good. And uh, they talk a little more. Um, and Now, what do you make of this line where he says to her, you know, she says to him, take care of the Admiral because he, he's going to be off with Adama aboard the Galactica. Um, and then he says, take care of our son. Is he, I guess he's talking no, no, about No, 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 no. He says, he's talking to Duala, first of all. He didn't fuck Duala. He says, take yeah, care exactly. of his son, meaning the Admiral's son. Because, she, do you see what I'm saying? Because Hilo knows Duala's with Lee. Right. Okay, so but it, it did, I'll admit, it confused me because I heard it as our, and the subtitle said it as our. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? Our? And oh, I thought Really? I thought he was speaking like metaphorically about Lee, like our son, Adama's son, or something. Oh, that I must just like, be a that that must be something they screwed up. Maybe so. Yeah, it, it fucked with me for a second. I was like, wait, they need what? to ADR huh? that shit, son. Come on, fix that shit. Come, Come on. on, dog. Damn, I thought y'all were professionals and shit. <laughs> fucking shit, shit. <laughs> thought y'all motherfuckers professional and shit. You know what I mean? And- <laughs> It's just, just a couple of stoner dudes watching <laughs> Galactic. Man, I saw these dudes professional. What the fuck, man? Yeah, it's it's definitely dubbed incorrectly. I'm I'm reading it now. Silly. All right. Well, so, yeah, so he's talking about their son. He's talking about yeah. He's his, yeah his or no not his Jesus Christ. I'm he's, still fucked. Okay. Do let me read you. Let me give you the actual lines <laughs> how it's supposed to be. Hilo. He, he, Duala, take care of the Admiral Hilo, take care of his son Ah, there we go Done it's and done, simple. so much simpler Because <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> also for a split second I thought he was talking about Lee and her son I was you're, like, like, uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, the writing's so fucking deep I'm like, dude, it uh, isn't it There's isn't. so many sons There's so many sons on the show now <laughs> <laughs> Does he mean the son they discovered when they were surveying? Is he talking about Jesus Christ. I got to go back in my notes. Hold on. <laughs> For an hour. <laughs> no, Get hung up on the lamest fucking point of the entire fucking two episodes. The worst The most podcast. boring shit. And the worst podcast ever is we just, we just go on that line for 25 minutes. Meanwhile, Trisha Helfer herself is just slaying us with her own goddamn Battlestar Galactica podcast. I'm like, well, this is why. Because I didn't know what the damn subtitle said, okay? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, man. That celebrity following sure helps, don't it? <laughs> it don't hurt. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. What are you going to do? But I say the, uh, I say, um, the, 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 something about the seas lift up all the ships or whatever. Um, that's my metaphor for <laughs> the day. in the chat. Take care of my uncle's cousin's second roommate's son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, fuck. That's good. So the salt ceremony is awesome. I like the symbolic nature of them breaking the line between them. It's very cool. Their enemies will divide them. Their colonies broken in the fiery chasm of space. Their shining days renounced by a multitude of dark sacrifices. Yet still, they will remain always together. And they say always together, but why don't they say it? So say we all. I know. Come on, show. 
What I are you doing? Waiting. That's two I drop was... balls <laughs> on the wrong sun and on the on the miss on the missed opportunity here. Silly. No, I remember this at, when the second episode ended, and I was like, just like, oh my god, it's fantastic, amazing. And I was like, wait a minute, Adama? No one, no one ever said so. Say we all. I was like, really, guys? <laughs> That's, I was like waiting for that shit. Yeah. Oh well, but no, dude. This moment is another great. incredibly earned moment. That you know, <laughs> why? Because could, they were murdering each other for a season, straight up murdering <laughs> one another, or half a is season, it, whatever. Right, and these crews now are are step, you know, symbolically stepping across the line, hugging one another, you know, bidding each other the best luck on their their unified mission. That is so fucking good. It's so good. Ah. Oh, what a great scene. Like, it is very rare that scenes in shows where a whole bunch of characters that, you know, a lot of them we don't literally don't even know, like, are not necessarily named characters, are hugging one another and patting each other on the back, and it's usually just some pass-off, like, ah, things are okay, this is how we're going to show it. Um, but this is a, there's a lot of weight behind this again. That's what this show does so well. These moments are earned over hours and hours and hours hours and there's a ton of weight behind these crews coming together like this before a mission and literally hugging one another you know clapping hands together mm. and just bonded and ah oh, it's it just so unified behind the most probably the single most urgent mission they've had to come up against yet oh easily fantastic yeah it's great it's amazing it's great um a great moment between uh adama and apollo ah oh, so good dude very good stuff here um, Apollo's getting uh, awfully, awfully emotional here. He's pretty convinced his dad's going on a one-way mission. Absolutely. I mean, it's a pretty dire situation they're headed to. Yep. Um, he reminds him he's going to take the civilian fleet away from me for eighteen hours. If I'm not back, find Earth. Nice and uh, you know, try not to be like I'm getting old. I'm a little slow up, but I'll be there. I'll be there. I wish I could talk you out of this. You can't. You tried. It's <laughs> mm, mm, mm. so fucking good. Don't make. And I love how when he's like, you know, Dad, don't, don't make me cry in my own hangar. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I love him. Good shit. God damn it. Yeah, permission. Dude, Lee, Lee, again. We've been hard on him ever since he's uh, become since everything. softly <laughs> since everything. <laughs> uh, but dude. Him choking it back here. This is the good. first time. The first time in these episodes where I was already ah, I get a little choked up. <laughs> get a little choked. Yeah, you know get what fucking, he looks uh, like? He looks like like a fat version of Michael J. Fox to me here. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Because when he's it. thin, I, I don't say it. he looks like Michael J. Fox. No. He because doesn't. he's fit, you know. Michael J. Fox is a little runt. <laughs> a little runty. Yeah. He's a little tiny guy. Offense, but uh, yeah, no, I, I actually do kind of see it here. It does, no, like I, I, yeah, man, I don't know. Kind of does. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know why I think <laughs> that. Maybe he just ends up looking more like him as he got fatter. <laughs> uh, let us deprive Lee of one of the few bones we've thrown him. <laughs> Take it right back. <laughs> oh shit! Nah, he's great here. Man. My, I didn't know you were so hot. <laughs> Eighteen hours. Be there. That's says. it. That's it. Off he goes to the to the deck of the Pegasus. Yep. Commander Pegasus departing. He gets a salute from everybody. Adama makes sure of that. Um, back on New Caprica City, Three is going to investigate her findings. She's now uh, on a bit of a path. Right. And also, one thing I think I don't want to go past it. It's actually 
uh, really cool moment, the fact that she was so flabbergasted that the baby was still alive. Oh, which right. To me, which to me says, like, wow, a human, a human plot, a, a secretive human plot to thwart the Cylons fucking worked. Right. Like, Cylon high command thinks that baby is dead. That's a done thing. We're not it's even thinking point. about it anymore. And, like, great that's point. incredible. Like, that, that worked it's it's worked this far and only now because of her prophetic vision and visiting the oracle does she start to have some doubt and 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 that leads us into the scene with doc coddle but i dude i fucking love again the shifting of character dynamics i never thought i would see these two characters standing together having a conversation never i I just didn't think that was going to happen and yet here they are doc coddle coming outside to have a fucking smoke because the man just can't get lung cancer he's a fucking immune (laughs) um and he's out there covered in cylon blood and three comes over and they have a conversation and I, i was just like just that alone just the setup of the scene watching the cylon pet a dog you know all gods all god's creatures in your eyes as she's petting this you know sweet pup and Don mm. Cottle comes out to say hi to her. I'm like, fuck, I never, ever thought I was going to see Xena Warrior Princess Cylon get to have a conversation with Doc Cottle. That yeah. is such a cool shakeup of everything. Absolutely. It's funny, too, because Cottle is very formidable. And three oh, is very formidable. Totally, totally. They right? each have that, like, solid demeanor about them. They really do. And, and I feel like you feel... Feel Coddle waver a little at the end under her. Slightly. Yeah. And that makes sense. He was taken off guard. He wasn't Absolutely. ready for this. He wasn't ready for this. And he definitely wasn't ready for the question. Oh, and also, dude, how great is it too, just visually, the tension of, yeah, she comes up and, and like it's interesting because we're watching a Cylon pet a dog. You're like, damn, you like that's, sure. there's still aspects of them that we don't fully understand. Also, it is the dog and the dog dish that has been serving the insurgents, yeah. giving them information this whole fucking time. And I'm like, oh God, you're right there and you don't even know it. Oh, yeah. that's good. Very it's good cool. show making, baby. In, in, it's, it's it is. And it's good tension because you don't know if like, what if it was flipped over and she flipped it back? Oh no, that's too bad. Little, I think the dog's name is Jake oh, or me, something. Let me flip it over for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally but um, also, poor... <laughs> Poor, uh, as she's walking around the camp, I believe he's treating a Cylon. The Cylons that got shot up by I, Chief? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If, yeah. Which is, I think it's, I don't know if it's Cavill. I don't know who it is, but I'm like, God damn. Like you, <laughs> damn, Coddle. You got to tra- treat them as well, I guess, huh? Oh, I'm sure they make it. Yeah. I'm sure they make them do it. Which is but funny. That time, just goes like- to show you something about their physiology. Because if they were down on the planet and and they had a, a unique physiology that could be discerned from human, then they would have their own doctor, but they don't, which just goes to show you that they are undetectable. Exactly. That they are for all They're flesh purposes, and bone. Flesh and bone, man. Right. I don't know about the red glowing spine. That could have been, you know, miniseries fun that never really, oh no, because Sharon did it too. But we haven't really seen it again. They may have kind of pulled the ripcord on that idea, but right. who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's it's definitely fascinating. But I love I love Coddle bringing up the point here. She's like, "Wow, you know, you could have let him suffer." And he's like, "That's not what I do." Right? Like, I mean, that is that is so pure Hippocratic oath doctor shit to me. I love it. Where he's yeah. like, "No, like I do my job. I do my fucking job. Period." Mm. You bring injured people of any kind into me, I'm gonna fucking do what I can to save them. Yeah, That's it's it. a faint though from her. It's this oh, is totally. this is tactical boxing. She's she's lured him out. She made him feel comfortable. By, by being able to state this moral truth about himself. And then she says, what about the baby, right? Exactly. And, he, and he's off balance here. 
She catches him because she's fucking smart. Right. And her eyes narrow. He exhales smoke. And you can see it on his face. He's like, kind of caught. Just a little bit. It's Just true. a little bit. And I mean, I think three's probably got a good good read on people. But he just kind of says, look, most of my decision, President's call. You know what's so cool about that too? He's not lying. Right. Like that's that's why he can even say it with such confidence. He doesn't have to fabricate anything. He's like, hey, it wasn't my decision. The president made that call. Yeah. Period. And he just defers it off to that. Her face is great. The oh, the kind of mouth so open good. smile, and then she kind of presses her lips together, and that's where she's like, liar. Fucking liar. She knows no right there. You say. Yep. yep. Oh, totally. Yep. It's awesome. Just a good moment. Good acting by her. Um, good shit. But then that, she's like, that's a very funny thing. And she runs her hand across the blood on his smock because this stuff all looks the same. <laughs> Goddamn. Goddamn. So good. He walks away. <laughs> so it's cool, you know? Hell yeah. So he has no reply to that yet. Back on <laughs> Colonial One, it's like DEFCON stuff over here going on. Cavill... Is, is all beside himself. And she said, I hope it hurts for a long time, long before you go to Download City. <laughs> He's all fucking mad about it. It's so good. What does he expect? I, I love to see something getting under their skin. That's yeah. just so fucking fantastic. It left me in the hot sun with a bullet in my guts. Yeah, and, and Doral is just like, uh, what a noble race you are. Oh, that little cocksucker. Yeah. Fuck you. I was listening to, uh, I was listening to, uh, and I really feel bad. This is really shitty of me, but I did listen to um, an episode of um, of Hell First Pod that she does with that guy who, Ooh, who, yeah. who I should know. Mark, Mark and I Bernadine? Did. Thank you, Bernadine. Mm-hmm. And um, she pronounced Dor- Doral Doral. So she would know because she's probably on Uh-oh. set when they talked about it. <laughs> oh, we've been doing it wrong. Fuck. Yeah, but I do but but in our defense I think on the show they said Doral. That's how I learned how to pronounce it, but I could be wrong, you know. What you hear on the set yeah. is, is different than maybe what ends up coming out, but I was just like, "Oh, cool. I like how she says it." Cuz at first she said Doral and then I didn't really know what she was talking about until I realized she was talking about Doral. And I was right. like, "Oh, well, cool. She says <laughs> a little know, differently." And honestly, I don't think of of all the Cylons too, like I don't think his name has been one that's spoken aloud since season one. Yeah, I don't we, think we so don't really either. Hear that much? Um, so maybe it was one of those things where, like, originally when they're talking about it on set, it was Durrell, Um, and that's just you know how, what they ran with. And from then on, I'm sure they pretty much only refer to him by his Cylon number. Yeah. Well, I'm still gonna say Doral. <laughs> yeah, it's spelled D O R A L. Sorry, Trisha. I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just what makes sense to me. <laughs> Please go out with me, Trisha. It's fine. My girlfriend will give me a pass. I'm serious. It's fine. It's fine. So, um. He, he, what a noble race you are. Like, he's fucking moralizing this guy. Fuck you. You know know what? You know what takes away your, uh, I get When you say it from the headquarters of your internment camp? (laughs) (laughs) Not even that. What takes away your judgment card about how other species or civilizations conduct themselves is, um, when you mass nuke and genocide more than (laughs) half of that entire species. Get (laughs) Fuck. Get fucked. What are you? What high horse is your ass riding around on? Mm-hmm. And they shot me and it gave me a boo boo. Yeah. Off. Get out of here. <laughs> Fucking Doral. Dorala. <laughs> so, um, 
Boomer says, how long, um, how long were you there before you died? Hours. Cavill's beside himself. I managed I to drag myself to some spent shell casings and used one to scratch open my carotid artery. And you know what? To be honest, and he's like, and even like, skin's a lot tougher than you'd think. Jesus. Honestly, after that, I'm like, you know what? That's pretty tenacious, you old bastard. That is a, you really earned that death. That was Cavill's you, a great character. You scratched open your neck with a spent shell casing. Holy fuck. <laughs> That's hardcore. That's I re- I am really ready to die, guys. And this is important. He says, that's three for me. Three downloads. The first one, I just got a headache, but I could handle it. Now it's worse and worse. I love that, dude. That was one of my, honestly, it's a small line, but one of my bigger boner moments of these two episodes of like, oh, shit. They're like, because we've talked about this a lot, like in season one in particular, and through a lot of season two, the Cylons are so, they seem so monolithic and so big and untouchable. You're like, is their technology just infinite? They're just infinite resources. They can just appear anywhere. Like, Hmm. holy shit, how do you put up a fight against these things? And something as specific as that, like knowing that their resurrection system, which is pretty crucial to what they are, degrades over time and they can start to feel pain. And maybe, maybe they don't have unlimited revivals. Maybe they, maybe that starts to run out. Like Mm. that is powerful. Mm. That's some crucial knowledge. Baltar, he's right. It's not worth it, which is what I believe I've been telling you all along. Mm, mm, mm. Doral's just all piss and vinegar. He's like, can you control him? Baltar's like such a little scrunchy face piss boy. Baltar, he is a piss boy. Baltar <laughs> says, "Why don't you just shoot me? I uh, if that'll remedy the situation." And I think he's probably serious right here. Oh, one hundred percent. And honestly, he is both serious and like having a personal, like it's his own emotional, you know, coming apart at the seams of all of this. But at the same time, it, he really is proving a crucial point because right after this, you know, we still have Cavill being like, well, we need to crack down even harder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, like you've already seen how fruitless that is. The, the human president that you have in charge of everything is literally just like, shoot me, fuck it. Like how much harder can you crack down than that? Like this is it. You ha- like there. What's so funny about this whole thing is to see the Cylons not realizing that they've like, they've hit their limits. Like there's not much more, how hard, how much harder can you crack? down than when you're rounding up random civilians by the dozens and offing them and you have an insurgency still up your ass and the president is willing to just die like fuck it like mm. really what more are you gonna do you're gonna take away i don't know all their fucking chocolate bars like what's left <laughs> what's left to take away or threaten at this point what's your encore do you like anally rape my mother while pouring sugar down my gas tank <laughs> Right. What else is there? All right, we're gonna gather everyone up. We're gonna give them paper cuts underneath their fingernails. Like, what the fuck else? (laughs) Like, haven't you realized how hard you've already pushed it and how fruitless it's been? Right. Yeah. So, um, and and not just that, but but a byproduct of the fighting is something three says that's great. Which is consensus used to be so easy. Now look what they've done to us. There you go. So good. Dude, I the irony of Cylons feeling so superior and then having to deal with humanity, making them more human is delicious to me. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that's right. Welcome to conflict. (laughs) You now get to enjoy that that we've been dogged by for I don't know, two hundred thousand (laughs) years. Um, back at the ten, Anders says, uh, better leave those dog tags here. 
they spot him, they'll know who you are. He's talking to Sharon now. Yeah, man. Dude, this is a badass moment, <sighs> Sharon. You have no idea how I work for these. Oh, it's so good. And that it's so, so true. I mean, she has been through the fucking ringer. We don't talk about her enough. We, we really don't. And, and like that, in any other show and in almost any other situation, maybe even on this show, I would be right there with Anders. I'm like, yep, why are you risking anything tactically? Take that fuck off. Like, you need to be really locked down on this. And in this moment, I'm like, Nah, yeah, I'm with Sharon. Like she, she, if she chooses to wear that, put it under her shirt, or whatever, fine, so be it. She has fucking earned it at this point. Yep. Um, Anders coaching Sharon. How far has he grown, dude? For sure. Right. I, this I, is this is a moment I noticed in this show this time around that I didn't the first time around. Mm-hmm. Which was just his. He, he went from this resistance fighter that were like, wow, this guy's kind of in over his head to. I mean, coaching Sharon, telling Ty he knows what he has to do. I mean, wow. Jesus. Like, I, I honestly, of all the characters, I mean, we've seen lots of characters, like we've already said, you know, Ty and Chief, everybody, their resolve, just hardening their their commitment and their motivation, just, you know, going through the roof, you know, putting everything on the line. But I would say more than most characters, like, Anders has just stepped up into a leadership position when there was a vacuum. Like, and that's... Right. That alone is ex- incredibly admirable to, to not look around the room and be like, well, uh, I don't know who else can do it. We're, we have military guys here now. Somebody else. Andrew stepped up and was like, okay, fine. I'll do it. I have some experience and I will continue to grow that experience. What do you need me to do? Like he has struck me as a true leader at this point who has absolutely stepped up to fill that role. Yep. Like, I, I, I really I like also, Anders. I, and I just love the fact that he tells you, look, y- somebody would – would stab you, give them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense. Right. And, and that's exactly right there, no offense. The way he addresses her is, is perfect, where he's like, hey, look, I'm not questioning you at all. I'm on your side, and I believe you. I believe that you, you're risking it by being here, so I'm not We're risking care. it by trusting you. Right. And he's like, so I don't have any fucking Cylon prejudice here, but also, fair warning, plenty of fucking people do, so be mm-hmm. careful. With good but reason, too. The, right. You're the enemy. That, you are the enemy. Yeah. Exactly, man. And I, just, I I love that. It's like she is the face of the enemy, yet he is giving her that real – that is like real true respect to be like, look out for yourself and here's what you need to look out for. Like giving her th- that, that guidance. Right, because, God, she, so because I think a lot of the skin jobs are probably, probably insulated enough to know to, – to not assume they're going to catch a knife or a bottle in the face. Totally, yeah. So um, – she says, when I get inside and uh, hook into the data stream, I'll feed, it'll feed me the location. Now, once I get the keys, you need to distribute them. So she's going for the launch keys, okay? Yeah, which is yeah. crucial because all the civilian ships are on the ground there. It's not like they need to get ships to the people to evacuate them. They just need to be able to operate them, which they currently can't because all of those keys, which cannot be replicated or fabricated in any way, are locked up. So with, somebody with, needs to be able to get in there and get them. With pilots standing by. Oh, it's so good. I love this plan. Dude, and that's another, I mean, and you know me. We talk about this in movies that where it happens in. Whenever there's like tight tactical planning going on, you can see all of the prongs of the plan like extending out. And here's where you people are going to be. Here's where the block captains are going to be. Like everything just staggered out. The, the enjoyment of seeing those plans come together and then executed is just mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> like that is, ah, mwah, you can't see it, but I'm doing the chef hand kiss. And mwah, so good. Nice. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. So um, this is where uh, Anders, <laughs> we see uh, Ellen Ty brought in, and he's like, get her down below. 
what's going on? Where's my husband? All this crap. And then Sharon's like, I'm out of here. I got shit to do. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't want to be part of any of this crap. (laughs) Andrew says, um, do me a favor. Look for Starbucks. It's been four months. She's like, I'll do what I can. That's it. Yeah. And then what do you think of uh, Maya's digs in this fucking medieval dungeon? Fucking A. Rough life with this baby. Shit. (laughs) Living in the dungeon. Um, This is where Laura gets her sort of prophetic underpinnings on, doesn't she? By just kind of saying she may very well be the shape of things to come. That's either a blessing or a curse. But she makes it very clear. I really need you to hear me on this, Sam. There is no one, no one of higher value than Maya and her child. Mm-hmm. Yeah? That's really? some intense shit. Are you sure? <laughs> do you disagree? What do you think she's being I'm ridiculous? not saying anything. I'm just being, I, mean, I would be like, whoa, if I was in his position. Right. Right. No, I mean, yeah. and that's the way she says it too. Like the same as when uh, three went to saw. Yeah. When, when three went and saw the Oracle and I started being like, huh, maybe there is more to this baby than just some weird eccentric Cylon, you know, prophecy about this. And like, it really only matters for them. The fact that Laura said that and the fact that she was like, listen, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I really need you to listen and saying it again. I was like, okay, damn, is she seeing stuff about this baby? Is she starting to have visions again? Like, it really started to drive it home for me of like, okay, you're, you are willing to take Andrew, somebody who you've grown to trust at this point, has stepped up to be a, a very valuable leader here, and say all of your best men need to be around her and that baby. That, that is the most crucial thing that we get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's, that, I did not expect that. I, I, I honestly thought they were just going to be like, all right, we have a, you know, a ship. We're going to get one of the closest ships for, for Maya and the baby or something. Like they, that they would make her a priority, but not this high of a priority. Yeah. When we think back to the elaborate plan and the deception to rob Sharon of Hera, it starts to make sense when we think back on it why she still got this very strong devotion to this idea. Absolutely. Yeah. It's I intense. mean, and, and that's it's double it's double sided because of you know whatever this whatever nebulous prophetic importance this baby has. There's that, and there's also the guilt. That Rosalind has in ordering, you know, basically lying to Sharon and Hila and saying, your fucking baby's dead. Hooray, you your parents have a dead baby. That's always fun news to deliver. Uh, and also in hiding that from them of knowing basically the only thing you can do right for them in the situation at this point is at least protect that baby. Yeah. I mean, like, fuck. Uh, the gunnery sergeant's name is Matthias, by the way. And she's look like saying, like, I got mortars, RPGs. We got shoulder-mounted AA missiles. Uh, um, we we got hardware God. coming, right? And uh, and they're going to cover the evacuation by sowing chaos. And, and Tori lays it down. And she says, we've designated and assigned 500 block captains. Each block captain is responsible for rallying and guiding the people in his or her sector along their escape route to the designated ship. Dude, boners from that. Boners from that. Because every other show I can imagine would not address that at all. And and I would honestly- My show do you imagine? (laughs) Come on, say it. You want me to say it. What's one are you imagining? I'm just curious. Perhaps. Is it Breaking Bad? There might be another AMC program. (laughs) Perhaps, Dean, <laughs> who I love dearly. Okay. This program that shall go unnamed. 
that might not touch on these aspects of the plan, okay? Yes. You're right. Uh, Fucker. Uh, But no, like, just the fact that it's not, we're not even talking about a settlement of, like, 200 people. This is a city of thousands of people. So I'm like, okay, you're talking about evacuation under, under fire, under air fire, and under just every kind of pressure imaginable, and, and easily... 90% 90% of these people are untrained civilians. How the fuck are you going to, like, what is that going to look like? You can't just blow a horn and be like, all right, everybody evacuate and expect things to work out. Like, that's obviously not going to work. And the fact that she straight up said, yep, we've already designated all these people. They all have individually planned escape routes for their section to certain ships. I was like, oh, 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 that's you know, so good. You know what I love about this? And this is an understated moment in this in this two-part episode with Tori. Mm-hmm. But, but Tori is a campaign manager. And this is what yes, I mean dude. by applying lateral skills to different situations and utilizing those skills effectively. This oh, is yeah. one of the people I had in mind right here, this moment. Tori, great example. Yeah, she's fantastic. I mean, that is a huge undertaking, a massive Some amount of responsibility. Massive. And, massive. and, and, a, and a giant risk of exposure. To court right. it with 500 block captains is, I mean, Jesus. That's that's huge. That's fucking huge. I mean, and it, it's so easy in shows like this and in a situation like this to only think of the military aspect of it. Of like, all right, they're going to attack this compound first and then this one and the ships are going to come in at this time. You're thinking about all of the military hardware and personnel that are involved to execute the mm-hmm. attack. But the idea of, uh, of actually effectively and quickly uh, evacuating – Thousands upon thousands of people. The coordination of that is insane. Like that, that's a, that's that's equally as huge as as however you have to plan the the attack. Like that's that's gigantic. Like that really can't be understated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, Matthias breaks it down by saying, "Listen, when the balloon goes up, people are going to panic." And Rosen's like, "Well, they'll do fine. There's, these people know that at some point they're going to be responsible for saving themselves." Yep. Maybe one of her greatest lines in the show. Absolutely. You know and about also, me about you know how I feel about people abdicating responsibility to every authority around them like a bunch of fucking sheep. <laughs> and the way she just yep. says they're gonna have to be responsible for saving themselves. The plan is in place. Do baller. your job. Fucking baller. And dude, top another line, another another aftershock orgasm for me. Uh when 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 Zarek is like, Well, I don't I don't suppose you've had time to rehearse any of this. <laughs> and Rosalind's like, Oh no, we've had three dress rehearsals that we used under the cover of it was a fire evacuation plan or a, and then, a hazard yep. drill. Yep. And I was like, Oh my god, I am so hot for Rosalind right now. <laughs> I'm so hot for her. I love it. It's my girl. Andrus has his best shooters here, and they're going to be uh, escorts for uh, Maya to the ship. Mm-hmm. And she says, uh, gentlemen, Rosalind, I cannot tell you why, but it is imperative this woman or child get off this planet. I trust you because I trust him. And um, Yeah. That's it, baby. Dude, and, dude, I can't – I also can't enjoy enough the fact that, you know, shit, it's been a year on this planet now, and, and Gaius has been the – de facto technically president but you know under complete and total you know under the silence thumb oh yeah i love how much everybody still stands at attention for Rosalind. like mm-hmm. she still has that gravitas so when she walks into the room people look at her as if she's president 
and that is fucking cool. Yeah, absolutely. That is, like that's the difference between that like earned respect and then somebody standing at a podium being like, respect me, respect me, oh, yeah. I'm the leader. Abs- like, fuck you. Absolutely. Like, fuck that garbage. People look to Rosin because like that person's competent and has our interests in mind and actually gives a shit. And fuck, fuck anything else. Respect. <laughs> you know what I say, Matt? You know, people say respect this, that, respect this, respect the elderly, respect this. You know what I say? Respect the respectable. Indeed. And, and yeah, we've talked about this before. Respect can only be given. You cannot demand it. There is no such thing as demanded respect. It sounds like a Rob Roy quote. Honor, <laughs> honor is man's gift to himself. No man yes. can give it to him and no man can take it away. Uh, uh, there's no such thing as demanded respect. Um, <laughs> let's see here. We are uh, on our way to New Caprica City again where Sharon is getting some flack but she makes to the bunker um dude fucking sharon through the ringer again always she's doing like that cersei walk of shame (laughs) 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 stripper naked (laughs) except their pussy ain't hanging out (laughs) Uh, shit but we go right into the midst of the argument The, the the accusations are flying oh dude this is brutal I Ty honestly is this is heart wrenching. I was about to say I like honestly dread even talking about this. Like this is so fucking sad. The close up uh, of his eyeball is is brutal. It, oh, and by the way, when that fucking when when old when old fucking peep and Tom Crispin Glover gets up in his shit. Oh, oh bro. Shut your fucking mouth. Dude, so he will put a knife in your neck now. Dude, he would jam his never see that it guy's coming. eyes. <laughs> like he would be like, I will bite your jugular out. Yeah. Oh, this is nobody's so Yeah. But but then when she's like one of the brother cavils, I did it for you, Saul. I mean, she's in oh, his face. Oh, oh, oh. The zoom on the eye and her in the foreground is just oh, it's, it's unbearable. Man. Rip it's my unbearable. guts out and throw them on your altar. Yep. Yep. I mean this this what this the next the basically the preceding of the rest of this episode is just twisting a dagger at my heart. Like it, mm. it killed me, dude. It it's killed me. Brutal. And I, the worst part about it all and I I honestly if I had any nitpick about it all, which it's not. It's really even not. But I was like dying. I was literally saying out loud while I was watching this. I was like, "Ellen, Please, like, just tell him that they were going. Like, it's not even one of those things where the threat is some like ominous possibility of like, well, hey, you better play by our uh, rule book there, Ellen, or we might come for your husband again. No, they'd already taken him. They're like, we will come back for him any fucking time we want. If if you know, we can just come abscond with him in the night, and that's that, and he's mm-hmm. gone. And that is something, like, I wanted her to hammer that point harder of, like, you are an actually important leader among the insurgents, a crucial leader even, and they had their eye on you for months and months now. They've already had you and tortured you. They, he was probably the next on their list to, like, pick him up, kill him, done, done with this. We know he's an insurgent leader. We know it. And so, like, she had to do this. She was the only person who knew what was going on, who knew that the Cylons knew that's, uh, that Ty was an active insurgent leader and the only person with any means to, to stop it at right. all. Right. And she that, used the, the means that she had. It's tough to mince. It's tough to, it's tough to get into the nitty gritty of this without moralizing. The challenge comes in, in giving up the map. That exactly. might have been a bridge too far for them. I think fracking Cavill and doing whatever you do to get her out of there, that's 
war, Peacock, right? It's right. just this idea like the whole plan could have got fucking foobar and all these people could have got killed if they weren't totally. hip, hip yeah. to it. And I think that's, you know, that's, um, it, it's, it's just, <sighs> it's fucking tragic. It's straight it's up brutal. Tragic. It is. It is because they're all doing, they're all acting in accordance with the way they are. Right. And, right. and we'll talk about that because we, it's going to be one of the first things we talk about in the next, in the next half of the episode when we get to part two. Um, Definitely. but yeah, it's, um, cause it just hangs on his eye and it's just ugh, his face and Andrew's face. And then we cut to Sharon walking into this room and uh, by the way, she walks by this dude wearing a ski mask. Straighten your mask, dude. It's <laughs> like, crooked well, and it. it's so annoying. <laughs> dude, how are we supposed to let you chop heads off on the ISIS videos if your mask looks like this? You know, this is bad PR. <laughs> bad PR. Dude, what are you doing? Look, I, look, there's not a lot of black guys in BSG. I get it. So the <laughs> one they got, you got to put the mask on right, dude. You can't let him look all sloppy boy with his dumb Come mask on, hanging man. off his face. Come on. Where's the fucking person? Where's the <laughs> wardrobe lady? Fix the uh. mask on the one black guy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, BSG. That's it. Time for me to drag it across Twitter for the next three weeks. <laughs> Time to dredge up these old wounds. <laughs> Get me some free points. He was probably just like, nah, man, I wear that shit sideways. <laughs> They're like, all right, fair enough. I guess it, Ronald Moore's like, I don't know how to talk to the blacks. Just let him do it. <laughs> He's like, I mean, I, I see the kids do it with the hats, so maybe it's the same with the ski masks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, libel and slander all around. Ba ba ba. This is this is all parody and irony, by the way. <sighs> I don't mean any of this except for all of it, which is none of it, but all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But uh, she slips in. Right. She does. Dude, cool ass fucking scanning yeah. shit. That that is just good. Slick way to do a lot shit. with little, right? Yes. Ah, I love it. it it's that's one Simple of those things projection. that strikes me as very like seventies sci fi. Mm-hmm. And ah, it just looks cool. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> and um and she walks and she has an encounter. Dude, uh, this had me absolutely Oof. on the edge of my fucking seat. I was like, oh my God, this is maybe the last like crack in her armor that could be exploited to fuck with Sharon, to actually maybe change her over. And I was like, oh my God, of anybody she Great could be moment. confronted with, anyone, this is the one person who now has not concrete, but pretty solid knowledge, which is technically true, but she just hasn't had it confirmed for herself yet, but pretty solid knowledge about her baby. The one thing that feels like an ultimate betrayal by the humans to her that could could maybe sway her back. And I was like, oh my God, is the whole thing end right here? Is this, is it just fucked? Like, oh God, this scene, dude. Yeah. You, you're thinking on so many levels. You're thinking, so many levels. what's Sharon going to do? Is she going to stay true to her thing? Is she going to get manipulated by three? Is there centurions around the corner and they're going to dust her? Is she going to get out of here? And Also, um, you know, for old time's sake, it's been a while since I've had one of these. Uh, another little speculation about Cylon technology or capabilities. I find it fascinating that she walks in the room after she had already opened the drawer, you know, uh, three, and just like, what are you doing? And then when, that, when Sharon looks over at her, she's like, oh, wait, it's you. 
like she recognizes that she is not just another uh what is she eight is that boomer's model eight. i can't remember yeah she's like she's not an, just another copy of eight this is the defector and what i imagine is that she there probably is still some way for cylons to like intercommunicate via like i don't know telepathy kind of thing i don't know but like some way of intercommunicating to an extent and the fact that when she looked at her i imagine she tried to connect with her and was like wait a minute i can't connect with this one she is offline with us Hmm. and it was like it's you you're the defector one nice she 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 picks it up quick as soon as she looked at her she's like oh wait (laughs) you're betraying your own people for what right sharon says i'm a colonial officer now fucking god i love it dude you're not one of them i gave them my word that's not what counts it's who you give it to I'm going to have to shoot you now. <laughs> I love it. Going to have to shoot you now. Dude, and this, when she's like, so what about your baby? What about Hera? Did they tell you? Dude. Dude. Yeah. Fucking Lays it down, that. especially when she brings in the, the oracle. Um, she calls her a human oracle, by the way. I went yeah, to see. Yeah. Yep. Um, and she just says, uh, Hera lives, and I would hold her in my arms. But down again, and when I find her, you can hold her too. Bang, bang. Dude, kneecaps her ass. Ah! She took it pretty I well. I love it. I love it, dude. <laughs> oh, so good. Son of a bitch. Um, Sharon says, launch keys don't seem to have been damaged from all the data, right? She's giving them to the chief. I like this moment. And she says, congratulations, by the way. Because now this this is Cylon treachery eating away at her. Totally. But not yeah. really treachery. I mean, it is, but it's also true. That's what makes it good treachery. <laughs> <laughs> you remember when you helped spread Hilo? Uh, when you helped Hilo spread Hera's ashes? Mm-hmm. You actually saw the ashes? Yeah, of course. Why? Nothing. Just make sure Kelly never lets you get out of her sight. Okay. Just checking. Yeah, man, you know. Yeah, it's checking <laughs> things out. And then, of course, this badass moment of Adama punching the desk in in ferocious happiness and readiness when he gets the word. The raptor just jumped back. Sharon has the launch keys. Hilo's so pumped to tell him. So it's on. It's so Uh, on. And the racetrack in the rec room, right? She gets the word, and Galactic gets on the PA, the 1MC. And he, uh, he lays it down. (laughs) <laughs> this is the Admiral. You've heard the news. You know the mission, right? He does the whole speech. So fucking good. Begin jump prep. And he says, action station, second edition one throughout the ship. Stand by for combat jump. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. Dude, the fucking score this time. Ah! Yeah. The whole, all through, all the way through both episodes. Spectacular. McCreary is a bad motherfucker. All right, man. Let's take a minute. Uh, Top off our drinks, drain the lizards, <laughs> shake hands with the governor, whatever you want to call it. There we go. <laughs> and shall be right back. And uh, I'll let some of the episode uh, audio play through, and uh, we will we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, we'll be right back. And I want you to know that I would have done anything to save you. I know, I know. It, it's all right. Everything's going to be all right. You don't understand. I got you out of detention, Saul. It was me. I got you out. I went to see them, the Cylons. 
finally got to the one in charge. And I got him to notice me the way men notice me. I slept with him. I felt like puking every time he put his filthy hands on me. But I smiled and I faked it to save you, Saul. But you listen to me. I'd do it again. Frack anybody. Do anything. Even give him a map. I didn't want anybody to be killed. You've always been there for me when I need you. Oh, exhausted. I feel like I could just curl up here. Should have listened to you, Saul. You just stayed on Galactica. Oh, don't worry about any of that now. I love you. Alright man, um, back for our little quick break and right into part two and let's dive right in with, uh, with where, where uh, the episode picks up. Indeed. Old D and a Lee. D and Lee. D and Lee sitting in a tree. <laughs> um, <laughs> D and so- Lee, tee hee hee. They do it now. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I want to kill you. Ah, yes. (laughs) So D says, Hoshi's working on updating the map coordinates for the search. Civilian captains want to meet with you. Talk to me. (laughs) And he is over here, kind not too far unlike Gaius, of being like, everything's fucking ruined. (laughs) It's all (laughs) shit. Uh, you know, he, he, you know, she calls him out of basically being like, you're looking at him as if you'd never see him again, that this is a one-way mission and we're all doomed. Yep, and, and she speaks fondly of Daddy Adama once again, doesn't she? Oh, but of course. Her secret love is for the <laughs> old man. Your father has pulled off more than a few miracles in his day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't be a sure. loser. Be an Adama. Don't be a bitch. 
It's basically what she's it's basically what she's saying here at the beginning of Exodus Part Two, Matthew. <laughs> I just need you to just violently thrust your way into this mission like your father did. <laughs> oh, that was a night. Which <laughs> night is that? When we attacked the fuel place, remember? That was cool. <laughs> <laughs> but he does uh, he does relent and he says, "I'm proud to serve with you," which is nice and. I'm proud of you. Proud to call you my wife. He does say something, though, that I, is crucial towards the later part of the episode where he's like... The f- military you know, facts, right? Right, yeah. yeah. It's not, you know, it's for one half-strength battle, fa- battle star, it's too much for it to handle. And that's not just my opinion. It's a military fact. That is a scientific fact. It's a science. <laughs> but, I mean, he... I So, like... As much as he might just be extremely emotional about this and, and feeling, you know, sad sacky about it all, he does have a point. Mm. The Galactica was an older ship from the jump. That's something we, you know, we don't talk about that very often, but it's something to remember that. In the very beginning of the show, it was being decommissioned. Like, the Galactica was an older model, and it was being stepped down. Uh, and now they're, now it's the flagship of the, the human race. So, for especially for a battle of this size, he's like, this is a really truly stacked against them not just like in the scrappy ah we still can do it kind of way like no like it really is heavily stacked against them they're probably going to be at the best case scenario wickedly damaged never tell me the odds kid (laughs) so anders and ty have a talk boy anders and ty uh not a fun talk not a good (laughs) one um (laughs) And uh, Andrew's just basically laying out the consequences of what could have happened. He also tells Ty that Ellen needs to die. And for her sake, it'd be better if it was him. Ugh. Meaning people man. would be gunning for her. Right, right. <clears throat> people know and people will be after her. And um, he, we go to the credits and we come right back to them sharing a drink. Dude, oh my God. This is just... Ah. <sighs> I dread this whole scene, dude. This it's is brutal. This awful. It's unbearable. And and she says it outright. I had to. I just had to. And it was all for you. Yeah. And I believe her <clears throat> 100%. I would have done anything to save you. You don't understand. I got you out of detention, Saul. It was me. I slept so with him and I felt like puking every time. He put his filthy hands on me, but I smiled and I faked it to save you. But you, listen to me, I'd do it again. Frack anybody, do anything, even... Gave him a map. I didn't want anybody to be killed. I could, I could use a drink. She kind of says at the end. I'm kind of just blown through it, but you know what I mean. Ah, oh, dude, it's unbearable, unfucking bearable. And I mean, it's what do you do here? What do you fucking do? I don't know. I mean, like, is there any way Saul could have stood up for her in some other way? Argued for her, already against her? I'm like, I don't know. I'm not really sure. If there is, maybe there is. I don't know, man. It's just such a fraught, horrible thing. Because, like, in any sort of if they if they had a more stable, you know, society at this point or, or government essentially of their own, like, yeah, she's gonna be she would be tried and be probably found guilty for treason. Like, there's really no getting around it. Um, I mean, I would if I were her lawyer in that case, I would be arguing hard about extenuating circumstances and fucking time of war and the fact that she was, you know, personally had had personal firsthand knowledge of what the Cylons knew about Ty and how much they were on to him and how she had to try and defuse that as best she could. But it is still it's a hard fucking case to fight. She was operating under duress. 
Exactly. Under coercion, threat of force, threat of violence, right? Totally. Totally, man. I'm just um, like, fuck, just I just think pass. I just think she got a little too I mean, I guess he knew about some kind of meeting and he wanted information on it. And um I just feel like it's it's easy to say in retrospect, but mm-hmm. But I also know, like, when we think of Ellen Ty and, and Saul's relationship, we, we sometimes have to think about the way she was sometimes patronizing to him. Like, oh, for sure. You know, you, you're gonna, you, you need to do this, you need to do that, or, or, or just you, this is a situation, you, you know, you gotta take charge here. And she'd work him up into doing these things, you know? Yeah. And this is just a case where I feel like maybe she, didn't quite trust him enough to say they're trying to get me to do things against you guys and I want to come forward to you guys so maybe you could use me to give them disinformation. Right. Right. And I mean, and it's at the end of the day too, you have to you know, always keep in mind it's like there are certain people Hindsight's who are 2020, cut out. but <laughs> yeah, that and also just like people who are cut out for that kind of thinking and people who aren't. Like that's that's not the way she thinks she's not military she's not fucking you know not too many people i think would very be easily pivot into the position of oh you know i'm a, a military wife now also i am a fucking undercover operative among silence essentially like that's that's a big crazy ask and i mean i'm sure she was basically just running down all of the possibilities that she can understand and how could the ways that she knows how to intervene and she did the best she could mm-hmm and I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, hey, she got the singular, you know, primary leader of the resistance on New Caprica out of fucking detention and, and safe. Yeah, man. You know, a, a big part of this mission's success, I think, rested with Ty. And um, Ty, and, and this, this mission goes a lot different if, if Ellen isn't compromised. Now, yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty in the prosecution's favor too, isn't it? Or in the defense's favor, because they didn't get maimed and slaughtered out there. They they were hip to it. Sharon was aware. That could have gone very, very poorly. And then where would they be? Like, you know, it, it's hard. You know, we're 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 judging we're judging the ethics of the action, not necessarily the consequences of the action. Right? Totally. Yeah. Um, and it's just a it's a tough spot to find yourself in. It would be really hard for me to poison my fucking wife though. I'd sooner poison Anders, but you know, it's like, <laughs> it's, I mean, shit, man, this, this might be one of those where you, you, you say, listen, what happened happened. You know, like, what do I do in that situation? I definitely don't just kill my wife, but I'm not Colonel Ty. Right. Yeah. Um, and I kill Anders or anybody else who tries to kill her and, and, and they might kill me and then her, but that's fine. We're not going to, we're going to die fighting. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I, I say, let's work this out. If we, if, and when we get out of here, we'll work it out. We'll talk, we'll discuss the evidence. We'll look at right. the facts. We'll do this properly. Totally. That's totally, me yeah. being level headed, sitting behind a, a, a microphone. <laughs> totally. Do you know what I'm totally. saying? And, and when trying to imagine myself in that, that scenario as well, my, I can't end up at the thinking. And again, Ty's choices have the weight of their actually happening to him. And and he knows that he is the leader of this movement and that it's this is a crucial moment and, and it has to to work and it has people have to stay unified and, and things have to work. 
Um, but yeah, I, I kind of fall on the same side of you of like, all right, I would come to everybody, come to Andrews and be like, all right, so this is what she did. This is why she did it. She saw no other way of, of saving me, you know, in order to protect also the insurgency. Uh, maybe we can even have a, a trial later. We can do that, but let's wait and sort things out. And if that's not enough, okay, then cool. We're going to die in a fucking shootout right here and now. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you're not killing my wife. Like I'll fucking, I'll Yeah. And it's this. just like, you'd ask any of those guys to put themselves in his position. Ask Anders to put himself in that position. If it was, if it was Kara, it's you know, it's yeah. like, come on, dude. Like I, something needs to happen, but I don't think it means she needs to die right this second. Yeah. But yeah. there's also, but then you know we could we could talk about all the permutations of this. There's also the what what's the next step? Does she have a grenade? Like I don't know how compromised she is. <laughs> we don't know. Like I don't know. Is she being tracked? Is she going to signal them in our in our in the most dire situation? And then her and Saul are the last one standing amongst the human rubble because she made a deal. Oof. True. Do you know what I mean? It's so it's like, ugh, it's such a mess. It's it's ugly. And um, but I don't I don't for a second think the show is out of line. I think the show is right in line with the characters we have come to know at this point. And I mean that from the way Ty reacts into the way Ellen reacts and the choices she made. Right. Right. And I, I think it was even um Elzar getting in the chat. Yeah, I think she knew what had to happen. I think she knew the drink was going to be her last. I think so too. And and watching it again, I I do feel the same way. Yep. She like knew that knew that this was the end. Like I made that last choice to save Tide and, and that's that. Like whatever what I think she accepted the consequences of whatever would happen after that from jump. Which is a fascinating aspect to Ellen's character, right? Which is Somebody who has always been like, well, Saul ties my husband, so I can pretty much do whatever I want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like, like the infidelity, blatant infidelity, like the like life has its privileges with rank and, you know, you're, that's, we know, we, we, and it's funny to see her now giving her life for him. You know, that's a, that's quite a switch from that character. Totally. Totally. And I also I, I I really like the fact that the show took a a almost a caricature of a character that at first of like ah the cheating wife this just doesn't give a shit about him sleeps around everywhere but also you know manipulates him for her own and seems totally self centered and you know probably you can imagine that like Ty was already older when he met her and she's the younger like hot wife kind of using him and getting you know what she wanted out of this whole situation while never truly deeply caring for him and I love that they flipped that on its head that yeah, yeah she was you know she was you know in you know had infidelities and, and was promiscuous in a way truly truly to her core loved salt high though yeah like, I, I think it's i think it's easy to moralize somebody who totally. has chronic infidelity issues like obviously i don't want to be in that situation and if yeah. and if i was and that person said they loved me i might believe them but it yeah. but you're fucked up and i can't i can't that's not my life i don't want my life to be that i got the one so i'm not going to do it this way you know totally yeah, yeah. but i wouldn't <laughs> i i i wouldn't think oh you're a liar like i i believe it like i get it you know yeah, um, no, I don't doubt her for a second. Yeah, and and that's what's point. and like you said, it flips it on its head because it's always been the case. We just haven't had a chance to see it, and now we see it in the most dramatic way. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. But um, she looks right in his eyes when she drinks it, and um, and she says, "You've always been there for me when I need you." 
Uh, 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 I could curl up in here. Should have listened to you, Saul. Should have stayed on Galactica. God damn. Oof. Cuts me deep. It's Cuts hardcore, deep. man. It's hardcore. Him sobbing uh, and saying, I love you. I mean, God, Jesus. And the, the fact, like, knowing that she's already sipped the poison, she's already getting tired from it, and these are literally the last couple of seconds right. that she has life and, and consciousness, and he's holding her close to make sure that he can say, listen, I love you. you yeah. Me, Oof, I love you. God. And then sobbing over her. Fo- oh, my God, dude, kill me. Like, I'm about to cry again. <laughs> it's fucking it's, unbearable. It's brutal, yeah. Yeah, it's brutal. Oh, it's Jesus. brutal. Kills me, man. Kills it's killer. Me. It's killer. Um, yeah, and he and he uh, he breaks down, and um, we go back to Colonial One. Gaius says, "I told you and told you, but to what end? Too secure in your smug superiority to listen. Too comfortable in your predictions of success to consider the possibility of defeat. And where are we now? And more to the point, where's Laura? Where's Tom? At large? Whereabouts unknown?" Free at any rate, probably with Colonel Ty solidifying the insurgents' hold over public imagination. Oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, dunking on him. Dunking all of those sad sack Cylon faces, you <laughs> bunch of cunts. He, he's rallying. Guys is rallying. <laughs> he's heating up. <laughs> I love that they just say nothing to him, too, because they know he's fucking right. She just says, what would you have us do? Like some <laughs> poor kid in Oliver Twist. What would you have us do, What, what would you Fagin? have me do? I got no money. <laughs> Guys, she's Master like, Fagin, what should we do? <laughs> pack up your shit and go, Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Leave. And then she says, well, okay, and then what? You know, you live out lives in peace and tell your children a story about us and Create this dream of vengeance until one day you venture out into the stars to come hunt us down once again. Mm-hmm. And guys, she says, blood for blood has to stop. I, you know what I love again about this conversation? They are both right. <laughs> they are both <laughs> right. Like, I mean, it is. I mean, it's com- too late now. You, you, it's, oh, you nuked yeah. 12 planets. It's hard to <laughs> overcome that. <laughs> right. But and also, I mean, to be honest, if I were Gaius in this, in this, uh, you know, conversation, one of the things I would want to say, I'm like, you guys are so fucking advanced. You have technology that is beyond us. You have power and capabilities beyond us. Are you really going to tell me, you know, look me in the eye and tell me that you couldn't travel light years upon light years upon light years away, uh, maybe a whole other galaxy away from us and live your own life so far from us that we would never be able to figure out where you were or track you down even if we fucking wanted to and just go live your own fucking Cylon civilization somewhere else and leave us the fuck alone? Really? Is that impossible? <laughs> like, you, don't, you have no fucking technology just to bounce? Like, what do you care that much about us? Like, why? Yep. Good stuff. We see Gata oh. looking out the window. Explosions. Good old Gata. And we cut to Tori in the streets. They all look at their watches. An air raid siren begins. Tori says, that's our cue. You know what to do. Rally our people and get them to the evac points. And then uh, Maya says, Tori, will, will you tell Laura? No, you tell yourself. When you're at the... <laughs> right? That, that uh, spoke a little too soon there. Oops. More explosions <laughs> and chaos. And then... Um, Resistance fighters start to dig out weapons from an underground cache. Andrew says, all right, that's it. We get to the de- detention center, and we, do, we don't stop until everyone is free. We obviously know Andrews has a mission. He's looking to find Kara. 
Dude, I <laughs> couldn't be more horny for that Terminator 2 Mexican fucking underground yeah. stash of guns they I got. Know. I know. Ah, I love it. <laughs> oh, it's so good, man. <laughs> Jesus. No fate but what we make. She's going to blow him away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, uh, fuck. And also, dude, when we cut over to the decoy squadron of all the, you know, the, the raptors uh, and everybody out there, watching raptors and vipers among dark clouds is the coolest looking shit. Yeah. I love it. You, we're so used to seeing them in the bleak, you know, vacuum of space. Seeing them with the, the that background is just excellent looking. Yeah. The shot of them deploying those drones looks sick. The way they sick. skip off to the side. Yeah, dude. Like two, like partial, you know, separating uh, battle stars. Yeah. Um, but but how far has Cat and Racetrack come? I mean, we're kind of banking on them. For real. I, yeah, mean, I mean, they are the spearhead of the actual air, <laughs> aircraft crazy. attack. That's crazy. <laughs> crazy when you think about it, right? They have really come a long way. And then um, that, that Officer Kelly there, we've seen him a little bit. He says drone signatures match to, uh, they're expecting a couple base stars, right? That is it. Colonial They're one. Expecting at least two. Yeah. Says all of the Cylons are on. Uh, oh, I, I sorry, it doesn't say anything. The ship on Colonial one. All the Cylons are on phones. It's hilarious. And then uh, guys is like for nothing, all for nothing. It and he's buried like the cities of old, <laughs> dude. What? Dude, what kind buried of by Lord Byron esque fucking eulogy he's writing for humanity <laughs> right yes. now? Oh, it's fantastic. Buried by the wrath of God. <laughs> it was a man's hubris that dug his grave. <laughs> Our arrogance and scoffing at all that is holy and good has finally caught us. We've sown our own destruction. <laughs> good Lord, man. Give it a rest. Oh, fuck. Dude. With that accent and that hair he's got right now, Hell you throw yeah. on a frilly white shirt, you've got the saddest romantic poet there could be. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so good. Our gods have abandoned us. Christ has abandoned us. <laughs> the king is without his sword. <laughs> Slow down, verily, guys. <laughs> verily, we find ourselves upon the barren shore of God's hatred. <laughs> the sea has swallowed up our fleets. The mountains have crumbled our forces. <laughs> All right, buddy. We get it. You're in a tough okay. spot. All right. It's a, it's a sucky place to be. Are I you know, sure it's pal. God, though? And not just a <laughs> swell? <laughs> uh, anyway. Shit. That's good stuff. Uh, so uh, after his Wrath of God speech, uh, eight reports, two, pay, two battle stars just jumped into orbit. Adama's back. <laughs> uh, it's hot. Watching the, the fucking shitting. Cylon faces also like recoil a little bit at that or just look dismayed. I'm like, yeah, I love when you fuckers have fear. Then you just feel like they just don't have the tactical acumen that they do, that the that, that colonial fleet does. Totally, dude. Because they have overwhelming technology and force. They don't require. Right? Right. And and that's another thing that's like, it's funny, you know, he's being, you know, morose and a little over the top. But Gaius is right. Of Like, you guys are so assured of your victory. You've never tasted real defeat. And that's kind of your undoing. Mm. 
as humanity, baby, we are good at sucking up our defeats. We've got a lot of them under <laughs> our belt. And uh, coming back from that and understanding, I think, you I know, mean, at the end of the day, if there's a real true difference between humanity and the Cylons, it's for one, a, a big one is understanding our own fallibility like that's something that we have accepted and the cylons it's almost like they're they're the baby race they've only been around you know what a hundred years and it's like they haven't like they still think they're the gods at the end they think they're so high up and above these things that they have seen all the ends and that of course they couldn't be proven otherwise i'm sure immortality fucks with your psyche a little bit it's got to right yeah fucking vampires all of them so um we uh, we we cut to Cat and Racetrack making their moves. We cut to Racetrack launching the the the, the um, goddamn it the drones. <laughs> yeah, then she bugs out. Um, we have this quick moment where Leoben KOs Kara in the chaos. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, just decks her. You know, and that's <laughs> I'll let it pass. It really doesn't matter at all. But one of those he decks her in the temple and she just drops to the floor. I'm like, um, that's a at best, a concussion. <laughs> she just drops like a sack of bricks to like a concrete floor after getting punched in the face and yeah. KO'd. Yeah. That's, that's not great. Yeah. She's bring in probably the, not just going to walk that one off. Definitely bring in the ring doctor. <laughs> um, real. So uh, Rosalind says, Tom, go go that way and head to the shipyards. Eric's like, you're coming, right? And she says, my ship's up there. Of course, pointing to Colonial One. That's so gangster. <laughs> and uh, Zarek grabs Jammer and is like, watch over Rosalind. Here's Martin. It's almost like it was Zara can't escape his his evilness to where he grabs the worst character he could to protect her. <laughs> In, incidentally, you know what I mean. <laughs> and that's uh, all Adama. All hands brace for impact. The Cylons on Colonial One realize that they're being fooled by the drones. No Galactica, no Pegasus, and then we get Galactica in the atmosphere. Matthew, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. dude. This is fucking spectacular. It's like, so gangster, it's dude. Amazing. And not only that, like the fact that it, like, to see the plan boil all the way up to the, to this point and work, and to see that FTL splash in the sky and holy shit, there's the Galactica, and it, it's plummeting down. I honestly still thought at this point, like, oh, shit. Okay, I didn't realize they're getting this close. So the Galactic is actually coming down. So I imagine they're going to hover over the city and be, you know, pounding it with their, you know, their their exterior guns. And that's what they're going to be doing as, like, support. The fucking baller-ass move to drop into the atmosphere, come hurtling down to the ground and just emit as many fucking uh, vipers as they can and then... Blink FTL back out of out of line of fire, far away. Shock waves across the ground from you know the winds of that FTL spin up. Fuck, it was so badass. It's so and, insane. And I never saw it coming. I did not. I still like that's another expert thing about these two episodes is that we have seen the buildup of these plans. We know a whole lot about them. We we know certain aspects really completely and fully and about the block captains and the evacuation and all these things we've we've had build up over time. But the fact that the 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 spectacular theatrical distraction that was the Galactica coming all the way down that fucking close, like almost like a helicopter dust off and then blasting right back out light speed away was such a surprise, a shock and 
amazing, dude. Kicks ass. Yeah. Oh, I love it. <clears throat> and they're just tumbling. It's not, it, it has no atmosphere design. It can't operate in the atmosphere, right? It doesn't, Ooh, yeah. it doesn't have the power. It's just going to crash. It's literally right. crashing. Right. He's altitude 99,000 falling like a rock. Right. <laughs> that's what, what Hilo says. <laughs> and that's just the coolest part about this is the way they launch them amidst the chaos. They launch the Vipers who get right to the, you, I guess you'd call it close air support, right? Yeah, dude. Oh, it's just sick. Oh, it's amazing. Wasting the Raptors, blowing shit up, covering them, making their lives way easier. So good. So <sighs> good. And just, and especially, you know, we get that quick glimpse of one of the Viper pots. I don't remember his name, where he's, you know, like, stand by for launch, and he's in there like, well, this ought to be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was and Hot then, Dog, right? That's Adama's kid in real life. Uh, oh, but shit, is it? What? Did we talk about that we, before? We have. You might have just forgotten it. We, that it's was like six years ago. <laughs> right? <laughs> Basically. Shit. But watching, it was such a cool visual choice to to cut from the the, the CIC, cut into the, um, the, the, basically the Viper hangar, him launching out, following it all the way out, and then seeing, again, that juxtaposition of what we expect of seeing them fly out into space, but seeing them fly across mountain ranges. And right. They're on, they are in an atmosphere now. Like, that, oh, that is just so great, man. Hell it's yeah. so good. It's excellent. Uh, and, uh, and, and I love, one of, my, one of the greatest things to me is because of the chief's position in the fleet, because he's a chief, because he's, uh, you know, the deck chief, he's an engineer. The fact that he got that look up and see that, that's just so cool. I could, they couldn't yeah. have picked a better character to look up and see it. Exactly. The, the capacity of your baby. Yeah. Like, just on fire. <laughs> so kick-ass, man. Dude, so kick-ass. Looks nuts. So, mm-hmm. um, they get some covering fire from the, the now, you know, vipers that are on the scene, and they move into the detention center. Hell yeah. Marine teams are busting out prisoners with shape chargers. And Andrews goes for Kara. Dude, for me, this was a hell of a reveal that this was just in the detention center. Pretty crazy, huh? I was like, oh, shit, that's just weird. I thought he had some, like, weird, secretive, private compound just for her. But no. And, like, when he blew open the door and there she was, I was like, oh, fuck, you were just in the detention center right there. Yeah, crazy. Some rooms Uh, are nicer than others. (laughs) Right? Yeah, they got the suite. (laughs) Yeah, Rosalind, not so much. So, um... Um, he picks her up, he kisses her, of course, we've got the Galactica back online, they've sustained some damage, two more base stars show up, and Dom's like, we can't hold off four. Um, Dude, yeah, that's oof. a fucking nightmare. I mean, they're getting fucking pounded, they're being brought to the brink, basically, and uh, this is just amazing, it's super grim, and Dom's like, then that's it. Dude. I love it. Yeah. That, is, that is, I mean, that's it, dude, like, he's literally, like... That is, you know, you, and, that's William Wallace and his 10 guys as the fucking entire English army charges towards you. And you're like, well, this is it. <laughs> like, there ain't, there's no recourse from here. Swing your swords until you can't, boys. That's that. Yeah. Damn. Damn, dude. What a yep. fucking boss. Dude, talk to me about the exterior shot of the missiles coming into frame. Oh my god, dude! Come on! Not As just they that. pull away from the Battlestar, getting yes. just pounded, yes. pulling away from the Battlestar, getting pounded by three base. I mean, it's, I, it's being destroyed. 
Yeah, yeah. I I know like it the show completely got me. I was like, oh, oh God, is this really like are we gonna lose I honestly thought the show might have done a full blown one eighty and like, yep, Galactica is gone. It's still called Battlestar Galactica. Galactica's fucking gone. Adama and Hilo and D or not D, but Adama, Hilo, they're all fucking dead. And from here on right. it's gonna be Lee on the Pegasus, and that's that's our last hope. I was yeah genuinely like oh my god is that really what's happening right here is that what's fucking going down pulling away to these base stars just pound 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 and to to see those missiles come into frame oh oh, my god and the pegasus is a a superior vessel and it just technologically dumps its entire payload on this base star it's just uh Dumping on it, blah 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 blah, just loads, and just loads. gone. That that badass looking straight at it, just blasting their asses. Fucking love it. Fucking let us love take some it. of the work off your hands, says Lee. And I love, I love Adama's like, stuff here, right? The damn you to himself, and then he's thank you, Lee. Later, <laughs> <laughs> damn you. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. And uh, Lee Love commits. It. He says, "Steady as she goes, go right into the center." So That's... he's already made plans to abandon the Pegasus. Yeah, done and done. It's the only way, you know. It's the only way to get Adama. It's too bad you lose the vessel, but um, we go back to Kara being overwhelmed that it's Anders, and then quickly realizing that Casey's not safe. And I mean, he, she just runs off. <laughs> gotta get my daughter <laughs> i love how andrew's like fucking what <laughs> wait what i'm your husband you have a daughter <laughs> an already born daughter <laughs> you have some explaining to do lucy got something you got some explaining to do <laughs> wagging his fucking finger <laughs> <laughs> fucking dizzy arness um <laughs> so yeah good stuff going here right um, the Cylons have finally decided they've lost control. They're going to nuke the planet. Three elects that to do it herself. Um, and she says, guys, you have a place with us. And I was like, whoa. And Six is like, well, we should go. And Guy says, I just want to sit here and die. I just want to die. Also, you know, real quick side note. Um, at this point, we've been exposed to a lot of different skin job Cylons. And I'm starting to... I'm starting to have my my likes and dislikes, and of course, are all, a lot of them are all very villainous. I gotta say, I have some serious respect for three at this point. Bad bitch, definitely a villain, but she got some balls. Like I love she how she just unhesitatingly is like, "All right, I'll stay here and detonate the fucking nuke, you pussies. <clears throat> get the fuck out of here." I'm like, ah, "That's that's my girl Lucy Lawless right there. That's yeah. Warrior Princess. That's yeah, badass the, the, shit." The, the show is clearly interested in her, right? <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. Obviously, six is the one, but beyond and six. I gotta, maybe I don't want to blow my load on this. I want to maybe, but maybe we'll save it for the end of the episode of our most disliked Cylons because I, I after this episode, Durrell. I have my oh, not not him with a bullet. Oh, bullet! I mean, I fucking hate Durrell. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but he is not my most hated. <laughs> Definitely not. I Are have you talking new, about character or like things they've done or? Uh, I mean, yeah, both. Like, who uh, uh, pick a skin job Cylon? I know there are just multiple different copies, blah, blah, blah. Are you but telling which one me that like, you hate the only black guy in the show? <laughs> he, 
has he literally hasn't done enough to hate or not. Like okay, he's barely it. been well, around. Well, I mean, the whole weirdo going into her ovaries thing is a little fucking weird. It's pretty fucked. It's pretty fucked. But um, but no, <clears> no, we'll we'll save that. We'll save that. Table that. Your least favorite sign one. <laughs> Do you have one off the top of your head? Doral. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, who else? Okay. Who else is a match? I love. I like Cavill. I like six. I like Boomer. I like three. Yeah, you know, like Cavill is a perfect example. Like he's a piece of shit, and I hate just him. Just a great but character, I, though. But right? I also exactly like I love him. I think he's great. And I'm talking about more like uh, their actions, like not necessarily like oh, I think they're still they can be a great, interesting character. But like, oh man, I hate them because of what they've done. You hate them because of what they've done. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, sure. Well, we can save it, I guess, if we remember. <laughs> I wrote it. I wrote mine down. Okay. All right. So anyway, anyway, we go, um, uh, Gate is like, you're going to get your wish, and he points a gun at Gaius. <laughs> By the way, bad timing. Gaius could give a yeah. fuck right now. Right. I'm like, wow, you, <laughs> poor Gata. You just don't quite know in the impact of these things. You're not good at the dramatic reveal, Gata. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love you. These guys are up here battling like Hitler's nest, man. Fuck. <laughs> the fucking Third Reich's falling apart. All right. Um, Kelly says, Sivvy ships are getting off the ground. Hilo says, Pegasus is taking a pounding. I don't think she has a single plane in the air. And that's when Adama says, Lee left all his planes to guard the civilian ships. He knew this was a one-way trip. Mm-hmm. He's like, land our birds, get us out of here. Awesome. And we go right back to the gate attention. I believed in you. I believed in the dream of New Caprica. I believed in the dream. I mean, you believed. Booze, pills, hot and run, hot and cold running interns. (laughs) (laughs) That you never shared. You never shared one. (laughs) You never gave me any of your trim. Not even the one with a dumpy ass that you didn't even like that much. (laughs) Um, You believed in the dream of Gaius. And Gaius just goes, turned out to be an idealist. There is no sin in that. Everything you say about me is true, every word. But you have to listen to me. The Cylons have a nuke in this complex. Nobody, and I mean nobody, is getting off this planet alive. <laughs> and Six is like, well, she'll just kill you because she's a giant Cylon lady and you're a little puss. <laughs> so there's that. And the guy's just like, well, then she'll kill me. Or it'll be down to Mr. Gator. Either way, the human race dies with me. And he walks Ooh. into the gun. Gangster shit. Gangster. <laughs> What are you waiting for? I'm begging you, please. <laughs> Shit. But, dude, I do also fully believe Gaius here that he just wants to die at this yep. point. That he's like, yeah, fucking do it, please. Please actually do it. I want you to. Yeah. Ah, uh, it's brutal, man. Lee orders his ship abandoned. By the way, do you want to just talk about how amazing this looks? Oh, my God. This yeah. Pegasus sacrifice is incredible. It, it wins the entire battle. Yeah, absolutely. So they real, pound up the base stars as they roll in. Hey, real fucking, quick, oh. Lee wins this whole battle in space in Adama, because Adama basically assisted with the escape of the people. Because without Lee, those base stars destroy you as you start escaping orbit. Yep, completely. Done and done. Oh, man, that's intense. I guess so Lee, get, Lee gets a pass for a while. Oh, for sure, dude. Dude, at the end of the day, we give him a hard time. We give our soft boy a lot of hard we times. We do. He's but, a good strategist, though. But, dude, Lee is a solid fucking dude. 
He's a sol- he's a solid fucking officer, right? He he's, yeah, he gets boy. the job done. Always has. Yeah, and <laughs> now this, it's just flat out, completely, absurdly, and just mean, unfair. What this show does, playing the fucking bagpipes as the Pegasus rams into that yeah. base. Like, get the fuck out of here! You got me shedding William Wallace tears again. <laughs> like, goddamn, playing outlaw tunes on outlawed pipes. <laughs> Freedom! <laughs> As it just smashes all these robots. Fuck oh, it. <laughs> so good. Uh, oh. I never swore allegiance to you. So, uh... <laughs> so good. Uh, Kara goes for Casey and Leoban shows up. I know you'd be back. I saw it. Mm. Say the words. Say them. You know what I want. Say the words just like I told you. Hey, bro. What are you doing? Hey, hey by the way, I'm going to go ahead and blow my load. I hate Leoben the most. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate him. <laughs> I, I've always disliked the man, found him creepy, sweaty, gross. He was, but, I didn't see that. I feel the same way, but I didn't want to tell you that <laughs> Be, until we got to this episode. Because I, I always, li- I thought he was compelling and creepy. And he's oh, a good yeah. actor, and he worked oh, totally. in the beginning when they first had him incarcerated. Yeah. But this is just like, God, dude. This is, this scene right here, and then the reveal at the end of the episode, make him the single most sadistic fucking piece of shit oh, of them all. Like, that is... It's atrocious. I'm like, I, oh man, even if we do some, as, as ambassador for humanity, even if we do somehow find a way to make peace with the Cylons, I hereby declare that all Aobans must still be rounded up and executed. Fuck them all. <laughs> Fuck them all. <laughs> You're fucking monsters. Disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. It's brutal. Hate that. And boy, when very, she puts Very, very happy. Da- oh. Dude, also, she is like, ah, even the situation, she's just so hot. Oh, God, yes. When she's just like, was it everything you thought it'd be? That and more. I will never forget this moment. Neither will I. Stab. Stab your ass. I love it. Oh, fuck yeah. God, it's so good. I love Kara. Yeah. And the fact, I'm like, at the end of the day, too, he's also an idiot. She's killed him like seven times. And this fucker still goes in for the kiss, and she's like, I love like he didn't care. He got a nice real kiss in his opinion. He just I wanted bet. that. Yeah, you know what? You're, I actually think you're right. I yeah. think at the end of the day, even if he saw that it might be a ploy, he was like, "I want that kiss. I, I'm going to take it. I don't care." Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I didn't. It, it's funny. It's funny because after uh, I, you know, I've I didn't want to spoil because if I didn't want to say to you back when we were covering this earlier about you know. I, I wanted, I was like, Leo Benoit, he's great. He's excellent. Great. I didn't want to tell you about all this crap. Obviously, I didn't want to tip you off. <laughs> of course. So I was like biting my tongue on the guy because he's such a fucking freak. Like a, oh, he's, he's such a, a freak. Just a, he, you're right. He's a, he's like, a, he's just a predator. You know, he's a weird, Total he's predator. just a weirdo. I don't and understand a, a, it. And again, all that said, I want to be very clear. I think this actor is outstanding. Oh, the character so is extremely interesting and very well done. And I'm I'm very high on the character of Leoben as far as it being a compelling, interesting television. 
very good. Make right, no mistake. Right, right. Like I'm not. I don't want anybody to think. Oh, Matthew thinks Leoben's a bad character in the show and like a blight. No, I think it's a great. Character no, 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 no. no. Very I know interesting. What you mean. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're talking about you know, the man. I, you're talking about the character. You're like, ugh, exactly. God, exactly. I would shoot so him like, so fast, right? <laughs> so fast. Right. Oh, fuck this guy. So so happy when she's stabbing him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I'm it's never terrific. just hooray when somebody's being stabbed to death so hard. Yeah, like just so happy about it. Yeah, he's uh, fuck this guy. <laughs> You might see more of him. I'm just going to tell you. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) You know this fucker wants revenge now. You know he's going to be coming for it. Mm. Well, um, yeah, it's kind of a weird day when Casey's watching you stab somebody. (laughs) I had that thought, too. I'm like, you know, if this really is your daughter and you do love her, still pretty awkward conversation you have to have about, so why did you put the pointy thing in daddy, make all the red come out of him <laughs> and he not move anymore? Why? Yeah, that's awkward. All the <laughs> red, all the red stuff came out and then the pee and the poop. Is daddy okay? <laughs> and then the dribble and daddy uh, pleading with the God. Not just that, but like, come to find out, this is just some captured kid and subject to this dude. horror show like dude. what the hell dude? oh my god this poor kid i know <laughs> kid you're ruined i'm so sorry <laughs> oh it's just ruined obviously andrew shows up and kara's like i'll explain let's move dude how fucking hysterical is it too kara comes running up the stairs with a child in her arms that she's claiming is her daughter <laughs> dead there's guy. a dead cylon on the floor <laughs> i'll explain later and andrew's just like what the fuck like what is this what you've been doing awesome oh poor anders (laughs) so Gaius and six hit the hit the hit the dusty trail looking for three and uh we hear baby crying Gaius has a pistol out very nice Uh, he moves towards the crying the chaos he finds maya dead damn brutal Brutal, and a baby unscathed and then head six appears Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's her, Gaius, the first of God's new generation. <laughs> and Gaius just says, Hera. And then 6-6 six, six, just says, it's a miracle. God spared her. And then 3 exits the tent. She approaches. Can I hold her? Gaius lets her. She starts to walk off. And Gaius brings the pistol up like, I'm going to waste you. Dude, I wanted him to so bad. Yep. Oh, so bad. <laughs> um. Uh, <laughs> He's what a back bothers- shooter, so I could see him doing it. He shot that one guy in the back after he was, like, threatening to kill Callie. Right. And, you know, even what Caprica 6 says to him, yeah, I see her point. She's like, well, she's not going to nuke anyone now. Like, we don't have to worry about the nuke going off. Like, the baby's here. So she wouldn't do that. I'm like, uh, cool. I still don't want you fucking Cylons to have the baby. I'm wasting this bitch and taking it. Done. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What are you talking about? Um, yeah, that's, no, that's I- Gaius discretion is the better part of valor for him here because he does not want to upset the fact that he's been given a lifeline to get off the planet by the very three he's holding a gun on. That is true. And he's a survivor at first and foremost, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. We have, we have found that out about him through and through. (laughs) But, um, yeah, we cut over to Rock. Oh yeah. You know what? You're right. Yeah. I didn't even think about the fact that his only way off the planet at this point was with the Cylons. Right. Got, got to preserve some kind of relationship there. <laughs> Your life. I mean, that's what he's yeah. preserving. Exactly. Um, Rosalind and her team board the Colonial One, and she sits at her desk, and it's wonderful. Also, you know what? Real quick before we get to that scene, I do also want to point out, this is maybe the first time ever, too, that I have seen, like, 
genuine fatherly indignation at her walking away with that baby. Like he pointed a gun at her yeah, yeah, yeah. for one because he hates her, but also like that same sensation from head six of like, that's my baby. Like I've, how, have, we've never seen guys be like that. Like that's him as a dad right there being mm-hmm. like, fuck you for taking my baby. Right. And I he's been it. so pushed in that direction from all of the discussion around the baby's importance and his role in that. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But no, this scene, yeah, this scene of Rosalind getting to look around her office again and sit back down. Ah, it's good shit, man. It's good shit. Yeah, it's awesome. Rosalind um, says, all right, I'm ready to go. And then the thing lifts off. And uh, we go to the hangar deck. People disembarking the rescue raptors. And, uh, and, and, and this, is, this is an incredible scene for, for many reasons. But what I'd like to do at this point is I want to have us listen to something. Um, what we're going to listen to is just a clip from this moment on the hangar deck. And the reason I want to do this is because I want us to highlight the way Bear McCreary does a wonderful job here of entering into very minor sounding, sad sounding music, but at the same time showing smiling faces and happiness. I, I think this is just brilliant stuff right here because the music makes you feel uneasy and sad. It's very, it's very much like um, Adagio for strings from, from, um, from um, platoon. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very much an homage to that, but it's it's juxtaposed with happiness, reunion, and a mission success because the toll was so high on poor fucking Ty. And Kara, too, to realize just as you're getting to be with this child, it's, Mom, I mean, what a mind fuck. Delia wins mind fucking her even after he's dead. Um, but but I do want to I do want to kind of play this. This will be a little bit of Lee and, and of course, Ty. Let's see if I can get some sound here. Because she didn't understand my orders. Never could read your handwriting. Like it's happy, but <laughs> but the music is not. Yeah. Permission to come aboard, sir. Ugh. My heart breaks. Mike, this is brutal, man. That pause in the yeah, music, get the fuck out of here. Permission granted. You did it. You brought him home, so. Not all of them. Oof. Like, it's rough. Like, in, in right here, like, the chanting, but the music keeps going. And the camera's tracking Saul here, and that's what's so fucking insane about it. Like, Adama, 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 but... We keep that discordant sound going. We have the perplexed and devastated look of Kara. In, 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 the, in the camera, as, as Adam is being carried off, he's turning and looking at his friend. And he just got swept up in the emotion of it. And we just see Ty just shuffling away. 
and, and just unable to be present. And it's just brutal. And I mean, just visually alone, the discrepancy between the two men. Like, what, you know, Adama probably has a few more gray hairs than he used to, and he grew out a mustache. Otherwise, he still looks as sharp as ever in his uniform. And Saul has lost a fucking eye, looks beaten down. He's literally have, has a fucking cane. Like, and his wife is, wow, oh, God, dude. Like, it, dude. It's just so, this man has been so damaged and beaten down. Yeah. And he still keeps going, man. Incredible, man. In an in, in incredible moment. The, the camera, the, the, the director, the team respects Salt High here, and I love it. Um, I, I just love it, and I just think Bear McCreary, what a great choice by the team to elect to go with a piece of discordant, very much adagio for strings type of sound juxtaposed with the chanting Adama, Adama, everyone's kind of happy. But the damage and the toll taking, taken on everyone as we go through. I mean, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's ugh, killer. killer. It's, it's killer. Um, and so much of it, it doesn't have the same impact if Ellen isn't killed by Ty. Right. No. That's that's what makes it so massive. I mean, not all of them with that broken voice. God, Oof. Oof. and just just the man. It's just so good. You know, I I understand Lee and 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 Adama's reunion was supposed to be the one, but the show went with Ty and, and Adama lasts because they knew it was going to have a more profound impact on us. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we got to remember in this scene, too, this is also the moment where Kara gets back on board and Chief's like, oh, I thought you were dead. Oh, wow. And she's right. like, yep, I made it. Oh, who's this? The yep. little girl. And then here comes some random lady. <gasps> Casey. Brutal. Casey, oh, my God. It was all a lie. And not just like, oh, we manufactured some weird child. Like, no, I stole some. Uh, hi, I'm Layoben. I stole some other random little blonde girl and convinced you it was yours. Mm-hmm. And now even that's going to be taken away from you. Yikes. Ah, like, uh, like to, 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 for this scene to be cutting back and forth as everybody's celebrating between Saul and Kara's faces of just like, yeah, yeah, we it's won, excellent. but I'm, I'm so gutted. I'm so like, what do I have to live for? It's just brutal. Oh, it's brutal, man. brutal, brutal, painful. Yeah, man. It's uh it's, and, and you know, we didn't, we didn't really talk much about Kara's loss here. You know, we, cause ties is just so self-evident. Totally, yeah. But but with Kara, it's like this whole idea of being a prisoner. It, the one thing everybody in everybody had in common on New Caprica under the under the lock and key of the Cylons was each other, and Kara didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, locked away for months. Think about that. That's brutal. And then this little girl comes in that you know he's 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 just a notorious liar and he's just full of treachery always has been totally but but regardless of the treachery you're going to bond with this other human number one you're going to immediately feel some sort of probably responsibility i'm assuming there's going to be some sort of maternal instinct occurring here no matter what and number two like you're in the midst of this mess 
and you're starting to grow and, and want to protect and take care of this child and you're becoming accustomed to the child. You're becoming, you're, you're put in a situation where you care for the child and that's just a natural way. That's biology, man. Totally. <laughs> and then yeah. you're like, this is kind of cool. You know, this is something that could be, that could, uh, you know, that could help her get through this thing. And then obviously you want to get the kid out of there. And then of course you're going to bond with the kid and you're going to just like toss the kid away. And then the kid is just ripped away with no recourse and no fight because at the end of the day, whatever you feel is nothing compared to what that mother feels right now. And you know it and you can't say anything. Anything. God. No recourse. And just also the the psychological. Balls obliterated. uh, Totally. Totally. The psychological fucking trauma of somebody like Kara who is already, as we know, just as a person, so guarded, so cautious to have been – Finally lured into a place of vulnerability by extortion, really, by by force from a fucking Cylon, and then to still willfully relent and open yourself up and start to have this connection with the child, start to think about the possibility. Like, what's so horrible about it is not the actual literal child right there in front of her that she, that is going away. It's the fact that Kara finally opened herself up to the idea. Idea even of being a mother and, and, and accepting that kind of love and, and starting to see what it feels like and, and start to risk things for it. And then it's just, nah, just kidding. It's gone. That was never real. You don't have that. Mm-hmm. Like that, I, oh, that is going to take serious like time to recover. That, that is just so painful that it, I can't imagine. God damn. And I mean, like I could uh, fucking poor Andrew's probably be like, hey, you want to think about kids? She's like, no. like fucking no (laughs) done with that shit ah that's so brutal yowza what a fucking episode though man what two episodes outstanding so here we are man we have we have watched it and i just want to go right into some final thoughts about this thing i want to talk about what i mean where could this go from here oh my god (laughs) I mean, there's Ooh. obviously a lot of emotional fallout. We purposely show Ty and Starbuck feeling it heaviest. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I they, mean, what had, will happen? The heaviest consequences land on them. You know, that said, though, one thing I hope to see in the future is more of a bond between Kara and Ty. Um, the two people who can't... I mean, I think, that, to be honest, I'm even hoping that... Th- the series focusing on these two in this moment, the way it did, is showing a parallel, is highlighting the parallel, you know, of that of anybody <laughs> coming out of this situation, making it back to Galactica alive. If anybody's lost the most, it's these two. Um, and I hope that they're able to find some kind of newfound respect between one another and, and maybe confide in one another a little more. I'm like, at least maybe in each of these characters losing so much, they can forge a little bit more of a relationship between each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that's this is good because really you're, you're actually answering a question from a listener. Ooh. Tony Piccolo wanted to wanted to ask you, um, now that the human race has escaped New Caprica, a good portion of our cast has spent over a year on the planet. What do you expect out of the next few episodes as the cast adapts to having the band back together and having crew members back on a battle star for the first time in quite a while? <sighs> Boy, <laughs> that's a great question, Tony. Really great question and a hard one. <laughs> um, damn. Yeah. I, to be honest, I expect 
uh, the friendship between Kara and Lee to be pretty frayed. Um, that's one thing. I, I, I feel like just that difference of experiences at this point of just truly not knowing what it was like down there. And to be honest, I, I, that part of why I'm saying that I think there might be more of a bond between Kara and, and Ty, which we already saw the beginnings of back when they were still interacting on New Caprica before Kara got taken up. Um, part of why I'm saying that is because I think their bonds to everybody else, like Ty to Adama even, is frayed to an extent. As much as they still care about one another, respect one another, at the end of the day, Adama does not know what Ty's been through. Even if Ty sits there and tells him the entire thing, you, you don't know. Unless the same dirt was under your fingernails, you don't really know what it was like, and Kara does. Um, so it's like, sure, I, sure. That's a good I feel point. Like, you know, like there might be this kind of divide among people who the people who were on New Caprica and the people who weren't and endured those traumas. I mean, dude, they were getting hauled off like the fucking Gestapo and getting executed. Like that is a whole different fucking level of trauma and and terrible experiences. And I know that everybody aboard the you know the Galactica and the Pegasus understood logically that they're going through a terrible ordeal down there, and that was uh, the top of their priorities to find a way to get back to them and save them. Of course, they understand it was terrible, but this, it's just such a different thing from having lived it. Yeah, um, and I, feel, I I could see that being a, a a very crucial character divide. Another listener comment was from Callum Banbury who says, it's been interesting to hear your thoughts on it. He basically just says he never really quite enjoyed the new Caprica arc that much. But then he says something we already addressed. I'd be interested to hear how you two feel about the pacing of the season. Do you think X just needs to happen right now? Or is there scope to tell more stories before leaving? We kind of addressed that, right? Yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah, um, we, we said it in that. I said, wow, it felt like a long time. Going back on it, I didn't realize it was the third and fourth episode of the third season. I f- my memory was, oh, it must have been like a mid-season thing because I spent all that time in New Caprica. It's funny that he brought that up because on my initial watch, and probably because I had such huge gaps between watching the show and stuff, it took me a long time to finish it um, There because it wasn't streaming then. So and, um, I remember it being longer than it is. And if I had my druthers, I would say, it'd be cool to see if you could maybe draw it out a little bit. I think that's a fair question. You know, I I agree with the idea, but I actually I lean towards the way the show did it as far as just I, I think it's always tempting to think of like, oh, there could be so much more done here, so many more yep. storylines, so many more things ex- explored. Um, I always go back to what I I just call the Seinfeld principle, like back when Jerry Seinfeld was asked when he canceled, you know, ended the show, and people were like, but the show had the best ratings it had ever had in that season. It was only growing. You probably could have gone, you gotten renewed for like three, four, five more seasons. Why'd you stop it? And he's like, I wanted to stop it at its height. I wanted to stop it before people go, oh, man, that show Seinfeld was so great. All the way up until those last two or three seasons. He's like, I didn't want people to say that. I wanted people to always think it was great all the way through. Mm. And I feel like that applies here as far as is there potential? I mean, there's always, in a sense, potential when you introduce a whole new setting. I mean, it's an entire new planet they're on. So, of course, you could introduce an endless amount of possibilities. Maybe even the Cylons end up getting defeated and leaving and there's something else, a different life form on the planet they didn't know about that becomes a problem. Some other crazy shit. Totally, like, endless possibility. But I think the show made the right choice of making it extremely tight 
and there's no we don't have one of those lame filler episodes that ends up being about chief having to retrieve some fucking item from the woods and it's like a journey and he beats a, some other random shit out there and it doesn't really matter to the through line of getting them off of new Capricorn. And it's like I, i'm glad there is no filler in this whatsoever every episode every scene every character interaction was essential and and moved it forward and i think you know maybe you give up potentially interesting possibilities but i think it's worth it for telling a very lean focused story i um, think it's I, an impossible question for, to, to to really answer for myself personally right and and the reason i say that is because we it's it's we don't know so the only thing i can do is say i really enjoyed the episodes i thought they were terrific and if i watched if say if, if say exodus 1 and 2 is episodes five and six, and I had watched it and it was really terrific and I loved it, I wouldn't be saying, well, could it have been shorter? You know what I mean? It's almost an, (laughs) I don't have perspective to really properly answer the question. Now the question, the X factor for you, which there isn't for me, and I'm not going to say anything, and this is not an indication as to quality in any way, shape, or form. The the X factor for you is you don't know how the rest of season three goes. It could yeah. be terrible. And if it is, <laughs> you might be going, boy, we should have dragged out New Caprica a little bit longer. And I'm right. not saying that's what the listener is saying because he, he makes it clear not to say that. He doesn't make a yeah. judgment on the whole season as a far. He's just sort of talking at the beginning here. And maybe he's just being respectful of his opinion of the season. I don't know. Um, mine, I'm not going to tell you until, until we're watching it, just like I haven't for anything, right? Um, so that's kind of like the weird X factor for you is you just watched something kind of amazing. And now you're being asked to, well, should it go longer? And it's, and I feel like if it's hard to, to judge it in the vacuum in and of itself because you don't have the perspective right. of the entire season behind you, which is still I, a shitload more. It's 16 more. Do you know what I mean? It's crazy. like that's this is a blip crazy. on the season three radar. And for mm-hmm. a guy like Callum, great question, by the way, and great post, and thanks for doing it. It's, it's different. He's coming at it with a much wider scope. Right. And, you know, to think about it, too, I think we should think of it this way, too, that the final episode of season two was really the beginning of of this story arc, this sure. arc. And it's so essentially it's a five episode story arc. And I think That's it's a good as point. tight. That's a good point. It's as tight and as lean as it could possibly be. And I wouldn't want to sacrifice any of that cohesiveness. I'm like, I, I feel like, you know, maybe you could have expanded this more. I mean, like, I agree in the idea that this setting alone has potential for an entire season's worth of stories easily um but i think yeah at, at the end of the day i'm like if this was the final product then i'm happy don't change a fucking thing right like i i want to see i just want to keep seeing where it goes from here absolutely yeah but a good question and oh, yeah, uh and, and thank you very much you know we're getting a lot of um we got a lot of feedback on this episode a lot of i mean giant posts Oh yeah, that are, I quick, mean, quick shout out. I can't read them. <laughs> Tony Piccolo, yeah, uh, Mr. Benjamin Prue. Of course, I, I'm, I've read them and they're great. Thank you for that feedback. Uh, but fuck, and man. Dan, his is long, a long ass post, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> um, but it's awesome. It's it's great. It's it's thought provoking. Um, so yeah. Um, he says, truly one of my favorite episodes of the show. This is, this is, uh, Dan. I'm just reading the bottom of his comments because he says, I'm sure Dean and Matthew will talk about some of the holes in the episode and that's all fair. There are some that I internally acknowledge, but like any good biased fanboy, I just ignore them. Dude, not a bunch, man. Not a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say. 
yeah. Phil overall, it's pretty tight. And he thanks us for covering BSC because without it, he wouldn't have found us. So thank you, sir. Very cool. Oh. <laughs> Makes it worth it to hear that, man. Hell yeah, man. So thank you guys for posting. And um, if you guys aren't if you guys aren't on our Facebook uh, group, just look up Recommissioned to Battlestar Galactica Podcast. If you're on Facebook, that's Recommissioned to Battlestar Galactica Podcast. The URL is actually facebook.com slash groups slash LSG on BSG. That's facebook.com slash groups slash LSG on BSG. And uh, come be part of the conversation and, and have some fun with us. And, uh, and, yeah. and, and not just us. I mean, we got... We got very cool people, much cooler than us in there. Guys like Dan, <laughs> guys like Callum, guys like mm-hmm. Ben, Sharni Allen, Tony, everybody who was posting and talking about this episode. I just want oh, to say also- thank you for your time. Um, thanks for the time you put into posting big giant, big giant posts. And, and, and thankfully, you guys have each other to talk to. And I just think that's very cool. Absolutely. And one thing I want to encourage that I haven't seen a lot of, I know it's a whole like conceit of, the, of our show, of this podcast, that I haven't seen them all and everything. God, by the way, guys, feel free to talk about the rest of the series on there and make posts about it. Just be sure to put a big old spoilers tag on top and don't let me see it. Talk about it all you want. Get, talk about Battlestar Galactica through and through, up top to bottom all day long. Don't hesitate. Just don't let me see it. Yeah, you got you to gotta put a big, big spoiler and then you got to put a bunch of dashes down the page so you have to click... The, the the way to post and talk about spoilers is you have mm-hmm. to put a good 50 dashes in there so that there's a more to click. Because yeah. if you see want... more. Yes. You want, it, you want the post to say see more on a mobile device and on a computer. Um, if you can ensure that you do that, I would caution you not to, to be perfectly frank, because it would be easy, especially with imagery. Um, if you're listening to this, don't post imagery. A yeah, conversation is a lot. Of, an, an image is an immediate communication of information that can be a spoiler. Totally. And I'm also, it's funny, I, I definitely still, especially for like episode posts when we're asking for comments, I go in there and I check those out, but I make sure to not watch it around first. too much. And watch yeah. it first, yeah. Right. I usually watch the episode in, at question and before I really go in and start reading things. I'm very careful about it. So well, all I'm really saying is you guys feel free to talk about everything. Yeah. Talking. And thank you guys. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. You can visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. Um, as Dan pointed out, he found LSG through this podcast. If you're listening to this because you're a BSG fan and you haven't listened to our other podcasts, shame on you. We got a lot of a lot of great shows where we talk a lot about science fiction. A lot of these themes we talk about as they relate to other things in science fiction as we cover those movies that talk about those things. And at the same time, we have a fucking blast. You know, we're goofballs, we're we entertain our, ourselves for sure, and, and, and yeah. by extension, we entertain you guys. So We're the same people we are on this podcast. We're not boring losers on all the other podcasts. Yeah, exactly. In fact, I would argue we're probably more, an, more animalistic on the other podcasts, to be sure, <laughs> because true. we're not dealing we're, we're dealing with something where we take quite seriously this subject matter, and it's not movies that we can sometimes bust on that we don't love. It's a little bit different. So <laughs> a little more loosey-goosey on the Science Fiction Film Podcast. But that is by far our most popular show with a bullet. Um, so, uh, yeah, check it out for sure. And then um, the last thing I want to say is thank you guys very much for your patience. So we had um, we had uh, some scheduling stuff going on. You know, uh, we were kind of off for a couple weeks there, uh, sort of, while Matt was in town. I went to Florida in November. Then Matt went to South Carolina for like eight or nine, eight days or something. And uh, that was right around when we should have been recording the next BSG. And uh, it occurred to me that I don't think I communicated that to the listeners. So I apologize for not doing that. Um, So allow me to communicate now. 
So we're recording this on January 9th. It's going to drop on January 13th, the Sunday. We will then be recording the next one on January 21, and we'll be back on our other week schedule. Now that stupid-ass holidays are done and we don't have to take time off, we'll be back to recording every other week. So on Monday, the 21st, um, expect us to talk about the next episode, which is called Collaborators. Um, if you don't, oh, oh, my favorite. Oh boy! If you don't talk about if you are if you're not a Facebook person and you want to send us your thoughts on collaborators or any episode coming in the future, um, just stay ahead of the curve and uh, you know send an email hosts at libertystreetgeek.net. You got a lot of different ways you can contact and get in touch with us. We're on the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Who's and the What's and everything <laughs> else under the fucking sun. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. Every other week we'll be doing it. Matt and I are in discussions for which we're not going to get too off on the beaten path on because we have nothing really to report and we don't want to promise anything, but we're in talks about, is there something we can do to expedite our coverage of Battlestar Galactica? So we're kicking around ideas. None of them may work and we might just continue business as usual, but it's something we're thinking about. So just consider that a teaser, I guess. (laughs) Um, Anything you want to say to these good people before we sign off? Just thank you for listening. Thank you for following along with us as far as we've come on this show. I've, I've enjoyed it so much. This has been my favorite sci-fi television watching in, in years. And I'm so glad to see the enthusiasm from all of our listeners diving in on here and leaving in really, really excellent comments, thought-provoking questions. I enjoy the hell out of it, man. The show is fantastic, and I'm glad we've found more new people this way. Yep, absolutely. Like I said, check out our other shows. We got probably something for everybody. Um, we cover Game of Thrones. We cover Stranger Things. We cover Westworld. We're currently covering X Files, um, which probably has a lot of cross readership between Battlestar. And uh, yeah, man. So, and we got membership options and all that shit. If you want to support us financially, you'll get something for your money. So, check it all out. Go to the web. It's the best bet. LibertyStreetGeek.net. Matthew, it was a pleasure talking to you about uh, about this two parter. And like I said, I've been waiting for a long time to do it. So. Um, With that, Matthew, and with that, good listener, I bid you adieu. So say we all.